0: For all the haters out there who said we'd never make it to episode 8, well, we did it, baby. Woo! The episode starts now. Welcome to Goodbyes with Chris, Dean, TJ, and Jorge. Fuck the naysayers, they don't mean
1: a thing. That's right. On this week's episode, we have boxing, all the fights, covered, UFOs. Space colonization. Uh, we also discuss flying versus driving as far as travel concerns go. And a 20 year old television show revisited. Stay tuned.
0: Heck yeah. Let's jump right in. Jorge, well, hey, you want to talk a little bit about boxing? I know you always have that for us. Uh, for those of you who haven't checked out uh, Jorge's new show, Three Minute Round, uh, part of the Good Podcast Network, please check it out. It's uh, anywhere you can find your favorite podcast. Uh, so check that out. And he's going to fill us in on some of the information um, that he has on the show.
2: Okay. So f- full week of boxing, guys. It was really, really good. You know, on Tuesday, ESPN top rank finished out their summer series with a banger. Okay. There was a minute uh, a minute and two second knockout with Edgar, the chosen one, Berlanga. Uh, on average, his fights are 98.5 seconds. This one was just 63 measly seconds, and he knocks the guy out uh, against the ropes. Um, and Basically, it's coach, a shot,
0: shot to the ear, right? Like right, uh, yeah. right behind the ear, right behind the ear.
2: Yeah, he, he knocks out Eric Moon, who was 11-2. and two. This is no slouch. Eric Moon was uh, ranked 100, backed up against the ropes, and knocks him out. And even with that, the coaches were disappointed with the um, – with the jab that uh, Edgar was throwing. So they made him do pushups at the very end. So, but that's not even the, that that's, that's 14 bouts, 14 rounds, 14 knockouts. This guy's coming up in the uh, super middleweight division. And for those of you who do not know who's also in that division, you're talking about the likes of Canelo. So this could be uh Canelo's um, our arch rival here pretty soon in a couple of years. But the real story is Senessa Superbad Estrada on Dazzin TV, July 24th, had a record for the women's boxing with a seven-second knockout, okay? In fact, let let me tell you how quick this was. She's 5'1", and it took her just as long to walk up to her opponent that that it was to knock her out. So it was like literally 3.5 seconds of her walking up to her opponent and then delivering Six hard blows to the, to the, that all connected. Combo, um, right?
0: Six, yeah, six combo. punch combo. It was, yeah. it was very fast flurry.
2: I have a confession to make. I was looking at this fight, and I had to pick an upset, and I saw Miranda Adkins, who was, is 42 years old. She got into boxing and MMA when she was 39. Her mother uh, was dying of, uh, on her deathbed, and she promised her mother, hey, I'm going to become a boxer. And uh, Miranda's also a cancer survivor. She has two kids and a – really uh, two kids and a, a grandchild. And she took up boxing. And I saw that she had five TKOs. And so I was like, okay, cool. I, I can pick her as the upset. However, I did not realize that the five TKOs that she got from the fighters that she boxed were all fighters that had losing records. None of the, bo- none of the people that she boxed had ever won a bout. So that threw me – I didn't even go – check the you know the details i just said you know what i'll go with her and so the matchmaker the california commission uh all got backlash from all of these uh boxing autos saying how did you let this happen because it was it was a mismatch i mean you're talking about uh, Senessa superbad who is ranked uh, number 6 in the in the in the world and, you know, uh, Maratka Ankins was ranked number 54. And so... Well,
0: I mean, I think that's that's some part of boxing that I don't think a lot of people are aware of uh, is the strategy that is implemented by the trainers of these fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of matchmaking is that strategy part.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, so
0: as, a, as, as a, uh, a manager, maybe, you know, like you said, you, you just look at the straight numbers, it tells one story, but you dive deeper into this numbers, it tells a story. Yeah. And that's how some of these matchups get made. Right,
2: right, and then lastly, um, a hometown hero uh, Virgil Ortiz continues his 15 knockout streak, uh, 15 and 0, uh, 15 knockouts, delivering wow. a seven-round stoppage to Samuel Vargas. Uh, round seven, two minutes and 58 seconds into it, the referee called the fight because uh, Vargas just wasn't putting up his dukes. But I will give it to Vargas, man. That go- that dude could take a beating. I mean, even with all the beating he took, uh, he was still ready for more, and he was upset that the referee called it. So great job, Virgil Ortiz. We can see you taking on the likes of another hometown hero, Earl Spence Jr., uh, in the welterweight division. So how's, that's all he, how's he doing on his recovery? Do we know anything? Do we have any updates? I mean, time will only tell. I mean, you know, he'll, it, we'll see what kind of uh, beating he can take. I mean, they – he has metal plates
0: st- somewhere, right?
2: Metal plates – I personally don't think he should ever get back in the ring again, but you can't tell that to a fighter. I mean, try telling that to Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., which is huge news, right? They're going to be doing an eight-round exhibition with gear on, okay? Okay. They're going to be putting the headgear on, and they're going to be doing an eight-rounder round, uh, an eight rounder in the heavyweight uh, division, and it's going to be on Triller.com, which is a new app. Now, Triller is not some kind of like the zone app where you go on there and look at sports. This is kind of like a Instagram meets Snapchat meets Facebook. It's it's a uh, TikTok, um, essentially, if you will, and they're trying to, uh, I guess, use this fight to get more subscriptions. Also on the fight card is going to be Nate Robinson and Jake Paul. Um, for those of you that do not know who Jake Paul is, he is a YouTube uh, influencer. He is best known for going to Japan and filming himself in Japan's infamous suicide forest. Um, allegedly, he filmed somebody. He found, he he found did, a yeah. body
0: out there Happened. Yeah.
2: Well, there's a conspiracy saying that it wasn't real, but nonetheless, yeah. it was disgusting. And it kind of threw me back because I'm thinking, hey, what what is... At first, I was excited that Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. were fighting, and then yeah. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be a huge undercard. I mean, somebody's going to want to get in on this, but then they throw that in there, and I'm like, oh, that's not good for the sport of boxing. Well, I know that Jake Paul won. Yeah. You know, well, I was going to say, I
0: mean, yeah, yeah. Because especially because like, part of the um, announcement was that this is going to be like a legends kind of, only legends of boxing are going to be. Uh, so first fight being Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, but then the ball started rolling. Okay, cool. What other legends can we see come back? Mm-hmm. And then their next announcement was Jake Paul fighting. It's like, oh, yeah. So but what's the,
4: what's what's the bigger fight, Matt Pacquiao Triple G or the Tyson? I mean, that is definitely is the bigger, bigger fight.
2: fight. Oh, dude, yeah. And and let me tell you something. Uh, but
4: one of types, them actually means something, doesn't it? Like exactly. that's, that's
2: why. That's why that one would be t-
0: Pacquiao opinion, Triple
4: G is like actually for something not just you know just an exhibition
0: uh yeah
1: i
4: tell it's you which bad one bad bad i want practice. to
0: watch more yeah true what well, i was gonna say what like headgear what, or not are they in the same even weight class like who would be the smaller fighter going in that fight like in my mind Pacquiao is way smaller than Triple G. Am I wrong on that? No, they're they're both
2: middleweights. So right now, uh, Pacquiao is bodies look so different. Yeah, Pacquiao is the middleweight champion. Um, I'll have to.
4: Is it? I think Triple G's like going down a class, isn't he, to take this fight? I
2: can see that. Mm -hmm. That's what it it means to me.
0: I mean, like I said, like in my mind, Triple G's bigger.
4: Yeah, triple, yeah. G, triple G holds a belt still, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, so right now Triple G is a middleweight IBF champion, and Manny Pacquiao is the welterweight WBA yeah. uh, champion. So yeah, uh, G- Gennady Triple G is at one sixty, and he'd have to get down to one forty-seven in order to fight Manny Pacquiao. But
0: um, I mean, that's doable. I mean, that, I think twenty yeah. pounds is like a normal weight cut for an MMA fighters. Yeah. They might find a
2: catchweight. I bet you they'd find a catchweight. They probably
0: weight. find a catchweight, yeah. Well, right. uh, what about the difference between height and size when it comes to Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, or when it comes to Jake Paul, Nate Nate Robinson, short, dude? Well, I mean, short in the sense of the NBA standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, what do we know that the, the size difference between Jake? Oh wait, and, uh, is, Nate it's Nate
4: Nate Robinson, like the basketball player. Yes, yes,
0: he's the basketball player from oh. New York is fighting Jake Paul. I just.
4: I just assumed it was like a different Nate Robinson.
0: <laughs> no, it's Dean Nate Robinson.
4: Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so this
0: guy had a fight before. He had two fights actually that made it on big cards. Like he was on the undercard of Connor. So like this isn't any this isn't new for uh, Jake Paul, but he's fought this guy named um, Keso or something like that. He's also a, a YouTube influencer from England, and they had uh, they've already had two fights Mm against each other and then his brother actually fought Jake Paul's brother Mm -hmm. guy fought Jake Paul's brother after he fought it's like a whole thing but this is like a new thing for boxing is like getting YouTube people or celebrities and actually that have skills or skills enough to actually promote a fight and they put on three fights
4: already Mm -hmm. what's the what's the the purse for each one of these
2: I want to say that for Triller is going to be paying out 10 million dollars to uh both the fighters, and it's been reported that Mike Tyson will be donating his entire earnings to charity. Uh, he wants to do give back to the community, do some philanthropy. So yeah, there. You the got YouTubers,
0: that. the YouTubers made more money than any UFC fighter fighting. Mm-hmm. At one fight, they made more than those
2: fighters probably made all year.
4: What's the purse for the Pacquiao Triple G fight?
2: You know that's that's going to be interesting because without the tickets and gates, you know, the, these A plus fighters, they normally get a piece of the, uh, of the gate sales. So right. that's out the window. I mean, just to give you an example, yeah, pay-per-view though, right? Yeah. Pay-per-view. But I mean, h- how much is that going to garner? Uh, you know, d- d- just to give you an example of how much ticket sales one can make Canelo and triple G when they had both of their fights, uh, Canelo took home 24 million and then, uh, no, 27 million on the first fight. And then 24 million. On the on the next fight, so there's some real money. So when you talk about purses, there's no telling what's going to look like with this post-COVID pay-per-view um, purchases. I
1: don't know. What do you guys think about pay-per-view purchases? Are you more likely to purchase a pay-per-view during this COVID stuff, or or, or, or not? Because or, or go I go to a
4: uh, bar and pay ten dollars.
1: If but bars
4: are closed, so yeah, exactly. Not. Yeah, I, I mean, no, no, not. Well, kind of, sort of, but not really.
0: 50%. In most of the
4: places, well, no, that's not sure either. Um, we
0: going, yeah, they're going past that?
4: I mean, the two bars that I know of that show MMA fights, uh, all-pay-per-view MMA fights in Addison, um, they, they're they open right now. They're technically a bar, but they had to get a specific uh, license to open up as a restaurant. So now they're technically classified as a restaurant. And, but they stay open until 2 and they're big sports bars. They show the MMA fights. You know, they show everything. So, you know, I, I already know that they're already talking about the, you know, buying the Tyson one for sure. Um, you know, that's what, November? Is that right? November? No, it'll be in October.
2: They're looking at. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm sorry. September 12th. I'm sorry. September 12th.
4: That's Okay. So that one's September. Oh, yeah. The day after. Um, and then the Pacquiao Triple G fight, is that's in October or November?
2: uh has that been announced is that is that going down i think yeah. they're just negotiating are they yeah I they,
4: okay. okay i thought it'd already been announced okay. uh, well i mean i know that i know that there's certain bars out there that will that will be showing them
0: well i i personally haven't spent too much money on the pay-per-view stuff um you know uh i don't put myself out there but I, there's ways around uh doing that and i utilize those ways sometimes uh, but if there is a a really big fight and I it's a fighter that I want to support and I know he's getting part of it, I, I have bought the pay per view a couple of times in those types of situations. But if it's not if I don't have a dog in the fight or if I I don't have a favorite fighter, you know, I'm I'm gonna do the alternative ways of trying to get uh, you know,
3: that fight.
4: Mm-hmm. What's, what's it's not the, always great. I want I want to see what the Vegas odds are on this fight, and then I also want to see if there's like a a bet or over under on if Tyson bites an ear off.
0: <laughs> well, he can't because the headgear is going to be tough to get to, but that's going to be yeah. interesting so, though too, because if, it, if it's they it's are fun wearing fun. headgear and they are doing that type of Olympic style boxing, does Roy Jones have an advantage? Of it?
2: Yeah. Let me tell you the headgear, anybody that's ever boxed with headgear, you know, it doesn't do squat, man. I've boxed with that. And it's not like it absorbs the punch and you're like, you Know throwing more, no dude. You get you can still get knocked out, um, with the headgear. The odds makers currently are predicting that Roy Jones Jr. has the edge. His last fight was in 2018 when he scored a knockout, uh, a knockout loss to, um, it looks like, uh, well, he's active. All right, I'm just gonna say that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, think Tyson's the last shows. fight he lost,
0: but that was in 2014, I believe.
2: No, 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 that was in 2005. Oh,
4: 2005? Yep. Yeah, he hasn't fought for oh 15 my God. years. Mm-hmm. But dude, I mean, he, uh, he looks he great. Is, he looks great, yeah. He, yeah, he looks good.
2: Yeah, but his mind wasn't there in that fight. I mean, that fight was, was a sham. It was terrible. Now He's, he's got definitely his, healthier
0: than he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his sure. mind is
2: straight. So uh, looks like uh, Roy Jones will come in weighing probably about 200 pounds. Mike Tyson is 240 pounds. Uh, Roy Jones Jr., the middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight champion of the world, and Mike Tyson, the former undisputed WBA, WBC, IBF heavyweight champion. I mean, there's just so many titles being oh, thrown yeah. around. I mean, this is, this, this is going to be the biggest thing. In fact, it, it's a shame that you know Canelo and Callum Smith couldn't get uh, something going in October. They're going to have to probably push it back to November because this is going to be the fight everybody's talking about in, Octo- uh, in, uh, in September.
4: Do you have any hopes so, or, or
0: wishes of uh, any old, like uh, legendary fighters you'd like to see uh, this continue with as a I mean, matchmaker?
2: Yeah, Oscar De La Hoya and Fini- Felix Trinidad, they're talking oh, about getting back in the ring. That'd so, be awesome.
0: Oh, that'd be so awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I know you guys brought up the whole uh, concussions. I know George Foreman has spoken out saying that he is worried about Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., but this is what – is in their blood. This is what they do. You cannot keep a fighter down. I mean, these guys will probably be fighting until they're 70 or 80 years old. And it's almost like a soldier mentality. You know the risks, you know what you signed up for, but this is what you do. And who are we to tell these guys? No, I mean, we don't know the limits that you can put on on the body. It's just, this has been going on forever since the beginning of time. So let's get it on.
0: Yeah, man. I would love to see George Foreman fight Bob Sapp. I think that would be awesome. You guys are aware. You remember Bob Sapp? He's, um, he's been on one of those, those No, I don't Joe want to shots. ever
1: watch him fight again. He's a punk.
0: <laughs> he's a mm-hmm. punk. But That's why it would be great because like he's so no. big. He looks like no. the Thing from
2: Fantastic Four. He's mm-hmm. huge.
0: But
1: He's the worst. You have, You go watch his fights. They're the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of them. All of them are terrible.
2: Yeah. I I wouldn't mind Mayweather coming back and fighting Pacman. I you know what? Yeah, bring Mayweather back. Let's get Pacman in there, and
0: that would be legit though. That would be a legit fight. Not not you know throw some headgear on, do some charity rounds, eight rounds charity box. You know yeah. what I mean? But no, that's uh that's all I got. So. I'd like to see Rick Bow. I was, I wonder what he's looking like these days. But he was one of my favorite heavyweights from from that era. I don't want to see a Bander Holyfield fight still. I think he's the worst for uh for wear as far as uh you know. Those, those legendary fighters from the past. But I think, uh, like you said, Golden Boy is a great one. I'd love to see him fight. I'd love to see Lennox Lewis. I'd love to see Lennox Lewis fight. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see him fight. That was one of my favorite fighters. He's, he's still, and like, he does commentary to this day. He still looks great. Cool.
4: So, Jorge, you're buying the Tyson fight for all of, of us? Co- of course. <laughs>
2: of course. We're going to zoom it. Yeah. yeah. We're, and, uh, it. We're, yeah, I'll zoom it to you guys. We also have to do a bit on who our favorite Mike Tyson punch out character is. And uh, we have to create a bracket, you know um, some of the names that just come to mind is uh, piston Honda, or Honda piston, a mm. uh, little bit, a little bit racist, but yeah, there's a so few. A- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got uh, soda pop, uh, com- uh soda yeah. Uh, pop Yeah. Popinski. Uh, I liked yeah. him. I like the bull, uh, Don Fl- Oh, there's uh, a flamingo. The bull, that- Don Flamingo. No, Don Flamingo, Yep. Nice. You had the bald bull, Mister Sandman, Super Macho Man. What about the tiger? Uh, great tiger. Yeah, uh, that was the hardest one, man. You
0: remember him? He did the, oh yeah, like, bold, he do that,
2: and you had to <laughs> block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you got lucky enough to get to the last fight with mike tyson he'd punch you out and that was it like you had to have like a sega genesis code cheat thing right to
0: beat. Has any, did any of you guys legit get that far in the game to where you got the chance to fight
1: i got past the bald guy once
4: i think that yeah first second. round yeah mm. i think i maybe the second fighter maybe <laughs> yeah Not i had I a lot of ADD. yeah
1: i was more of an excite bike duck hunt kind of guy oh
0: yeah i love excite bike
2: hmm yeah yeah no i had the cheat code to get to mike tyson but i could never get a, a punch in. it was just too difficult so yeah, mm-hmm.
1: as it should be very realistic
2: mm-hmm. a lot of tantrums thrown so. any <laughs> <laughs> <you> broken controllers <laughs> has anybody ever broken a controller being like mad at a game
4: no but you have
0: i've never i've, I've caused broken controllers i've never broken actual controllers
4: well that does make sense. How do you cause it but not actually cause it? Uh, whenever you beat skilled, someone, I'm being
0: very yeah. skilled on the sticks. When you and beat someone so bad ass. they throw
1: Yes. Chris is a mad trash talker. I've seen yeah. several things get broken because Caleb,
0: of Caleb I'll, I'll tell I, you this. Caleb saying
4: sure uh, that you broke your controllers. Uh,
0: I mean I might have rage broken controller once. <laughs> that's about it. Uh but yeah, like uh I remember one time I was playing um or one of our friends and I created. It's because like it was when Brady just like blew up on the scene, <laughs> and so that version of Madden didn't have him. I didn't have the real Brady, so we created this Brady, and I played his favorite team, in the playoffs, and one of those ridiculous moments in Madden that don't happen very often. But the game was tied. It was like coming towards the end of the game. I tried to kick a field goal. It bounces off of the upright and somehow lands in one of my players' hands. And I score a touchdown. I win the game. And that, uh, that prompt, breaking of controllers, and then picking up of the PlayStation. And uh, Caleb saved it. He was like, stop, 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 stop. Break anything else, but don't break that. <laughs> and that saved the PlayStation. <laughs> Cooler heads prevailed at that moment. Guys, I don't know if you've seen um, some of the. Have you guys? What are your? I want to take your take on on the government acknowledging that UFOs are real. We haven't had an opportunity to talk about it on the on the show yet. Uh, have you seen these reports? Have you Have you seen them at all? They're like from the Pentagon, I, I, like acknowledging just, that I, UFOs are real.
4: I just saw them yesterday, I guess for okay. the first time because Friday night I was watching uh, the Dirty Heads. Uh, show um, that they did and during one of their breaks he was talking like they somebody asked a question and Jared who's one of the singers in Deary Heads was like we're asking these questions and the government just said there's UFOs like nobody really cares about the fact that they just admitted that there's UFOs I've been saying this
0: since it came out man like like, I haven't heard anybody talking about
4: it a vehicle that was not made on this earth
0: this was the latest report They, they acknowledge that if they have recovered um, a vehicle, they said off world, the term that they off world, meaning this vehicle did not, was not created and did not come from earth. Yeah, they it's like made things that.
4: that are not from, made the things that are not from the earth. Mm. This is a step
0: and, up. The first, but uh, over the beginning, I guess it was, I don't know, let's say it was in September. I don't know. It was sometime last year. Was the first reports of video footage that we've uh, some of us have seen, not not everybody's seen them, but you can find it on YouTube, and it's vid- video footage from a cockpit of one of our our guys uh, planes, U.S. plane, and you see uh, just like the the heat signatures of these mm-hmm. things on like a on a radar, and you can see the movement and stuff, yeah. and th- they acknowledged that these are unidentified flying objects, legit,
4: For right. Mark Thomas is probably jumping up for joy.
0: I was going to say uh, Tom, Tom DeLonge.
4: Oh, yeah, sorry, Tom. Oh, yeah. yeah Tom DeLonge.
0: Really I'm got probably... into it from seeing an interview with him on, on Joe Rogan, actually. And he, that's what he's done with his time. Uh, he stepped away from music a little bit to...
4: No, no, he still put... Him, they, he's Angel still playing. Lairways, Angel Lairways still put out music. They put out music. Uh, they do, but this is... He to basically
0: go. took all his passions, music, which is um, this type of... Uh, research on unidentified objects and stuff like that. He's written, and he's written created two books, right? This, yeah, a couple books. And he's yeah. created this institute, which is, um, he takes people from NSA that he's, he's worked with. He takes mm-hmm. people from different science science backgrounds, uh, engineering backgrounds, and they're, they're going over all this stuff, all this information and working with the government to try to make these little like these bright, uh, like groundbreaking news stories, but palatable enough to bring it to the masses. And that's something that, that Tom DeLong so, so, and I don't know if that's legit or not. Do you do you feel, what do you feel about that? Do you think that's real? Like he's actually working with the government to help bring this information to the, to the
2: masses?
4: Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Crazy, uh, I mean, right? I think
0: we'll Tom fucking working. DeLong from Blink-182. It's
2: mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Right. So the question, yeah, the question so much isn't necessarily do we believe in UFOs. We've all known that, but it's going to be more or less what's going to happen when these aliens from other planets come to our planet. Uh,
4: one what they, thing what, that, what if they what if they've been here the whole time? They, they've been here. Hey,
2: they they very well could be. Now I'll say this: What is it that we have that they do not have that they would want? And one thing that is on planet Earth is chlorophyll and mm. protein that you cannot have on other planets. So they would probably be looking for, you know, our... Water? Yeah, water. uh, (sighs) Water as well, yeah. You got chlorophyll, water, and protein, which is us people. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, hey, what if the people that have been going missing, you know, are actually that of being abducted by aliens? I mean, we... I mean, golly... Yeah, I think that's something that
0: they should kind of go back and talk to these people that we all thought were were crackpots or whatever. Yeah, um, and like didn't even give their stories any 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 kind of
4: uh, mm. you know legitimacy. Before, before this came out, before this came out on Friday or Thursday or whatever came out, I literally like three or four days before that had saw like this whole like conspiracy theory about the fact that Men in Black are real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was like pictures of like people dressed all up in black, just like just like the movie.
0: Like in from um, history, like they're just in the background yeah, that we never noticed
4: them. Yeah, they're they're all around all these <laughs> all these UFO sightings and like places that have sightings, and you mm-hmm. just see pictures of these men, these people in men in black. And like, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, "Oh you no, know, men in black is real. It's definitely real." I'm like, "No." And this story comes out, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. like the, the, the what ifs, this is the what ifs. The no. what ifs in general are just so far beyond anything that. Well,
1: have you seen the new Space Force logo? It's basically Star Trek. Star Trek logo.
4: <laughs> oh, I, thought Star- I thought it was the Star Tro- Tro- Troopers logo.
1: It's a, like a mix, but it's basically Star Trek. And uh, coincidence that Space Force came about? Uh, no. At no the same time? No. So you know, just so weaponize e- it and so obliterate e- the universe.
4: Yeah. So Elon Elon Musk is actually an alien. Is that what we're saying here now? Well, no, he's co- South co-
1: he's South African. It's
0: well, close. coincidentally, coincidentally, mm-hmm. he's actually uh, picked Austin to be the site for his new factory, uh, and that's mm-hmm. something that that a lot of cities have kind of been um, trying to buy for. And Austin won. Mm-hmm.
1: Why would you not make tr- trucks in Texas? Even Toyota does that. Like. Mm-hmm. That's the place where they get sold. People want to buy stuff made in Texas. It makes no sense to build a pickup truck anywhere but here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A pickup
0: truck definitely looks like it's from off-world. You know.
2: Yeah, my, my, my faith in the truth and information now has is, is been thrown out the door. I can't believe we've been lied to this much, but it's also exciting times too because maybe Since, the aliens can fix some
4: shit. When was the first time they actually like tried to it was like uh, the '50s, right? '50s or '60s when, like, Area 51 came about, like, mm-hmm. yeah, JF, JFK, you know, that whole thing. That's when you With- found out
1: the like the general public found out about it. I'm sure this stuff has been going on for a long time. Yeah. How
4: how old is this spaceship they've
1: known about? We're just getting the information now, right? Right. See, that's well, what I'm saying. Right. I, I think it's a really interesting documentary.
0: Been around for a while. There's really really cool documentary about a guy named Bob Lazar, and I saw him also on Joe Rogan, and he is a who was known as a conspiracy theorist who claimed to have been hired in the 1980s to do reverse engineering on extraterrestrial technology, these, these UFOs that we're talking about, and he has given his account of certain things that he saw. That he was basically an engineer that they recruited to, uh, and they were like looking, they looked for these engineers to bring him in and show them some stuff. What do you make of this? Can you reverse engineer and figure it out? And uh, he has very, very descriptive details on what these crafts look like, how they move. They did certain tests on it. And for the longest, this guy has been on different TV shows and stuff in the 80s and stuff. And he's kind of been, um, you know, again, one of like, maybe seen like one of these craft but some of since then, some of the information that he, he gave in some of these interviews in the 80s have later become fact. Um, like he uh, element 115 is something that was part of some of the tests that he was doing what he called it It it's a synthetic synthetic, uh, chemical element not of this world and this specific element is actually on a periodic table Uh, and so that's something that he claimed and then now is a fact and is on our periodic table so
4: crazy My, my uncle was, uh, was in the air force for a long time and he was, um, he he was stationed in San Jose and then, and in Houston, um, and he worked with part of the air force that dealt with NASA. So like he was on that side of of the air force. And I remember him telling me back then that this is, this is obviously, you know, 20, 20, plus years ago, um. I remember him telling me that we already had the capabilities of colonizing the moon 20 years ago. We, we had the capabilities of colonizing the moon at that point in time, and we were very close to being able to colonize on Mars. And that was over 20 years ago when he told me that.
2: Yeah,
0: I believe it. Do you so, yeah, that's what I'm saying, do you believe that that's happening right now, or then we're just not being included on it, or do you think, are you part of the group that thinks like, oh, that's bullshit, we've never been in the moon?
2: I well shoot i mean we took a step back when we got the the current president now and i don't want to get all political but i think our focus is just on covid um it's just it's just what you want to put your uh attention to you know so the immediate threat that you mm-hmm. can kind of see yeah exactly kind of kind yeah, of we'll, see let's just get through Maybe. corona first then we'll get to the next alien takeover
0: well yeah but that's the thing like when did we land on the moon
2: 1969
0: bro that's it landed on 1969 right and then you're saying that you've heard that there's a, the ability to colonize these is 20 like that's the whole thing Are we there's actually- more technology
1: in your cell phone than there is in the the than the rockets they use to go to the moon yeah. so yeah we could probably colonize somewhere yeah if we can land on the moon in 1969 and you have more technology in your phone now you could probably figure out a way to go and colonize the moon, just you know and like just you about said, i mean it's just about finding a reason to
0: yeah well yeah,
1: and, get, and finding the funds, making mm-hmm. it a big enough reason
0: about uh, how about what, a global pandemic, and then how about um, also we are adapting to being isolated in in certain you know uh living situations so Right now, like, is a better like what time better than now? This is a
1: terrible example. There will be no Americans colonizing the moon.
2: <laughs>
0: definitely
1: nobody from Texas. Definitely nobody from Florida. Right. Where the hey, guess what? That's also where NASA's headquarters are. <laughs> yeah. Right?
4: Was it? Was yeah. it Warren Buffett? Wasn't Warren Buffett like putting together like um, some cool. kind of like spaceship that would take people out there? Like you could pay a certain amount of money. Basically, all
0: the richest people in the world are all doing this. Elon Musk is doing this, and Bezos are the two top top runners
5: mm-hmm. trying
0: to get to Mars and like yeah. that's, that was uh, the dragon yeah, tail. I'm just talking
4: about, I'm just talking about taking a trip to outer space. These are all What's part it? of that process. This is yeah. the steps.
0: They're also not only are they trying to do uh, trips for citizens, private citizens, but also they're trying to start like basically shipping. So they're, they're they're That's what they're focused on right now is building rockets to be able to ship different, um, like machinery and materials to these places to start developing them. And that, so that's the process right now. The next part of that is, okay, we've been able to use for this long. Now we can see about, I think, like they, the, uh, the last launch had two astronauts in um, Elon Musk's object. That was the first manned mission they, they were able to, to pull off. So the next step will be more and more. So you just take let's baby steps, but they're definitely on their way and it's interesting to see who's going to get there first. Right now, Elon Musk is in the
2: lead. Nice, get it, Elon. Does I
0: anybody want to I, talk I about it. all
1: the dead animal carcasses uh, in orbit around the planet right now?
0: Is that a real thing? Yeah,
1: they didn't come back. They're just oh, out in space, shit, floating right? around.
0: Like, like monkeys and whatnot, whatever, whatever the, else they said.
1: Cosmo the dog, Or the cosmonaut dog, whatever his name was. Any of the he, monkeys?
4: I think they, I think one of them came back. Well, they didn't come Chris. back alive. No, it was, bur- was burned to a crisp. Yeah. But I've, I've seen a photo of it coming back. That's crazy. But yes, there are a lot of animals. I mean, there's probably... are there some dead people out there too? Uh, Probably.
0: There's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's, there's so much that goes on that we don't even know about. Like, we're just not aware of it anyway. There's somebody on a space station out there, you know, right now. Somebody in space, in a space station.
4: A couple don't. people. Well, you mean? The two guys that just went up?
0: They, they went up to visit those people in the space station, and I, I think they came back already.
4: Those two guys came back? Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Well, it was um, so cool. Did you get to see the launch? Channel? It was really cool. Because I watched the launch. That's why
4: yeah, I, did you see I, the, the thing go back on the platform. That was yeah, so that was, nuts, that's, man. That's, Fuck, crazy. that's insane.
1: They caught it on a boat.
4: Yeah. It that's dope. Yeah, all by itself.
1: That reminds me of the time uh, this last weekend when I was on vacation, and I shot a running teenager with a bow and arrow right in the back of the head. Did you really? Yeah.
0: Whoa. It was,
1: it was this thing called archery tag, uh, just skill level, you know, same as landing a rocket on a boat.
0: <laughs> I saw you did some paintballing too, right? Or something. We didn't
1: do paintball. We did archery tag. tag.
0: Oh, is so that what that was?
1: They put a big foam rubber thing on the end of an arrow and then it's like dodgeball, but with bows and arrows oh, okay. and you have a really thick, thick protective mask. It was fun. I almost pulled a hammy, <laughs> but, uh, it was super fun
4: did you know that there's actual uh, uh, ultimate tag sport yes i've seen that yeah,
0: yeah it's like it's uh, like pa-
4: parkour. parkour yeah parkour. Guys, it's like poor guy poor, parkour guys they have 20 seconds to tag them and if they don't tag them with 20 seconds the person who's not it wins but if they get tagged obviously the guy who's it wins i just saw nice. that the other day.
1: looks like fun looks like you could get uh clotheslined pretty good too
4: oh i saw a couple of guys like fall and fall over like trying to jump over something and like yeah anyways I just That's what reminded me of that. I just saw that yesterday, actually, for the first time. I thought it was pretty entertaining for a second. That's one thing that
0: I'd like to see, like, an athlete. You know? Like, like those guys can do some pretty ama- amazing stuff, and it'd be really cool to see that But some of those leaps that they make, man, like, how the hell are you able to do that? And, like, the, the movements they make with their bodies, like, all that stuff is scary, you know? Like, you see the footage of them on, like, ice creamers running on the edge.
4: I'm, I'm not into to do
1: it. Okay. Their, brains, their brains are wired... Incorrectly, yeah.
0: or just the be the ability to fall from really high, like and not hurt themselves, and just kind of roll through yeah, it, or all I that saw, stuff.
4: I saw, I saw a guy uh jump off a like a running start, and then like you know that little like leap with their hand thing. Yeah, when they do the yeah, where they like, launch themselves. themselves. So yeah, good. and this guy this guy jumped off a like a bridge doing that with a thirty a thirty foot drop, and then like a twenty foot twenty foot walkway. And then there's water in the recycling. He's obviously trying to shoot for the water. And but how do you just get up the balls to even like attempt to do that? That's you know, life or death kind of thing and fuck that.
0: Yeah, or people, like people, people, people that people do doing like
4: on skyscrapers and like buildings and shit.
0: Yeah, like what is that called? Like uh fuck platform that. diving or something like that, where they're like on like a structure and they jump nope. off with a parachute.
4: Oh yeah, I mean
0: jumping yeah thank you
4: well there's yeah. also the people that have like the, the, the track suits, suits are just, yeah yeah fuck Racking. that that's fuck insane that.
0: like they're literally going down a whole mountain and it's yeah. like a fight dude. that's in it's fun to watch
1: they got like for a, gopro so i don't have like, to
4: yeah they're like 100 foot feet off the ground like fuck, fuck that fuck that there's no way i would ever ever do that
0: have you guys done All anything right. close to that no bungee jumped or jumped
1: a- um, I hung out of the bottom of a a, a Cess like a Cessna type plane that was painted up and redesigned for like a World War II bomber. I hung out of the bomb thing to film some stuff for a an aerial plane plane show that was coming to town. Uh, that was pretty scary, but uh nope. like just like just you like my hanging head. from your legs? Like no, like, I just, like, poked what? my head in the... No, I just, what? like, poked... Like, nothing, nothing below my shoulders was okay. outside of the plane. Okay. It's like, there's a hole in the bottom where they yeah. drop the bombs or whatever. Yeah. So I put that part down and put the camera and filmed it as it went by the target.
4: What is it, open air, though?
1: It was enclosed, like, Cessna s- style. Right, okay. But yeah. there's a hole in the bottom that you could just, you know, trip and fall out of. Like, fall out of, fall out of... Yes, that's what I'm saying. I put the <laughs> I put my head and my that's shoulders. Crazy. I thought you were talking camera. about like
4: the like I thought you were talking about like the World War II like planes that like, like had the, the bubble on the bottom the bubble they had the bubble on the bottom where that gunner was sitting.
1: Like. No 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 this is open. That's air. what I thought
4: you were talking about. Oh yeah. No no fuck no, no. that. Fuck that. Yeah. This is World War I think this is a World War One style. You mm-hmm. should have uh, gotten paid more for that. That's no way <laughs> I'd do that. Dude, there there's a bunch
1: of stuff that I would sign up for just to have the experience. Like uh, I I volunteer as tribute.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was gonna do that. No, fuck that. I don't, I'm I'm afraid of heights, though so that's probably why it does not sound fun at all.
1: But there was lots of times where I would get stuck somewhere, covering
4: something. i like, I can't believe this is still going on. I mean, I still don't like flying, and I fly all over the world. <laughs> yeah. I still get nervous every time I'm on a plane. I just oh, don't well. like
0: being confined. That's the thing for me. I hate
4: I that. Sl- I sleep like a baby. I do Well, that's well, that's what I do. I get, uh, you know, I. I you get the right mindset. I, I get the right mindset, <laughs> and then I get on the plane, and then I try to pass out as soon as possible.
1: No, I, what I try and do is grab uh, fast food from somewhere right before I get on the plane. Okay. And then while everyone's loading on, I'm scarfing down some delicious greasy cheeseburger. Yeah, oh, I've done that. I, I do that. And a lot. then, and then as soon as we take off, boom, sleep. And I usually, <laughs> nice. and then as usually, I'll wake up as we're descending and hitting the runway, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's done." So but yeah, I don't. Do mind. Sometimes I'm, I do that. Three or four, four hours is but... the longest I've flown.
0: Well, I uh, we we take a trip every other year or something like that to uh, to visit our friends in um, in Alameda, and that's a that's a trek. That's a Alameda. That's a, Alameda. That's a long flight for me. I, I don't fly very often. So it's Three it's and, and like half a half hours. Like I swear, it's like it just feels like forever. I I, mean, I, like, I want to get off the plane. So it's like, not
4: too too far. It's San Francisco, right? Yeah. It might. It might be four hours. Oakland, but, Oakland. Yeah, I mean, yeah, San Francisco, Oakland. Yeah, same, same I like, yeah that's
0: right. That's all right.
4: They're right across the bay. Yeah. Um.
0: um I feel I like mean, the flight home is always worse than the flight there. The flight there is fine. But the flight home is just
4: ugh. Well, it's yeah, it's, yeah. You're losing, you're losing those hours. I don't know. I mean, flying to England and whatnot. You know. I can pretty, imagine.
0: How long is that?
4: Uh, from Dallas, it's uh, uh. Ten or twelve hours,
0: and there's no like connecting flight. It's like a straight flight.
4: Um, typically, I'll try to take the one shortly from Dallas. So direct flights to there. I'm not
0: do it. Man. I would. I would literally stopping. go crazy. I would start like, yeah, I don't know what I would do.
3: I'd
4: freak well, out. You, well, you you land it or you take off at like eight thirty p.m. our time. So like the whole point you is sleep. Like, so yeah, that's the whole point. Like you're getting on the plane like you know not far away from what your bedtime would be. You know sleep time. So that's kind of what most people do. And then when you wake up, it's you know you're an hour or two away from landing. Because when you get there, it's the next day in the afternoon. Like you get there at like twelve o'clock in the afternoon. So um, you know it's not like it's coming back. Is the coming back is the weird part. But uh,
0: I, I yeah, need I, mean, the, I need it to be like the spaceship kind of like I need my own pod. I need to be put to sleep and then you know thaw me out when we get to England and like wake me up. And then get me out of my pod, and i just
3: be all right.
4: <laughs> just buy a lot of drinks on the plane. You know, I'm in the on the way back. I always watch like you know, cause you have time to watch like three movies? Yeah, try so, big, epic, just try to the most epic long movies that
0: you find. You
4: just yeah, you just watch three movies in your in your home. But uh, no, I don't like flying, really. It's not fun. I don't like heights.
1: I I just love it so much more than driving. I would rather fly everywhere. Well,
0: that's, see, a, that's like, see that's a stupid thing. I'm or I, would, I
1: would I don't want to be the person responsible for somebody else's life. No, I don't, like I don't oh. want to be the person responsible for turning, getting directions, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Anytime yeah. somebody can take that off of my hands, I am down for. I will ride a train, I'll ride
4: uh, see, that's what I want, I want to plane. do. I still want to, wear I want to ride a train across the country. That'd Here's what I want to
1: do. That'd be really I want cool. to take the train from Dallas to Chicago. Wow. Go see Second City in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Spend the night and then take the train back.
0: I'll be down for that. Uh, I'll tell you this. I, uh, so it takes 10 hours to drive from here to South Texas. I, remember, right? I had to take a trip, like a quick trip. I had to hop on a plane. I'm like, cool. If it takes ten hours to drive there, uh, it'll be easy plane. to fly there. It, it wasn't even a prop plane, but I had to take uh, I had to hit a connecting flight in Houston, from Dallas to Houston, like an hour or two at Houston, and then get back on a plane and go from Houston to the valley. The whole trip from leaving my apartment to get to the airport to get to the valley was like seven hours or eight hours. So I probably, I mean, I could have should have just drove.
4: I mean, it's the same. I, I've I have been more that, I have, comfortable. I have that same um, uh, thinking sometimes when I'm thinking about like flying to Austin or Houston or right. Oklahoma or Oklahoma City because you know there are all three of those are like three and a half hours away, roughly. Yeah. And I and I think about it I'm like, well, I can just fly for you know, you know if, if you catch one of the good deals with Southwest, you know, you're paying thirty five dollars each way or whatever it is, so it's seventy bucks, you know, but and you think about the fact that leaving your house, getting through security, boarding your plane, the flight, getting off the plane, you know, and waiting to get oh, off the plane, and shit. then all of that, that's thats uh, by the time you're done with that, that's three and a half hours. Yeah, and she's not. Rather
1: have... do that. I would rather what? do that every time than get uh, in my car. It's not worth it to me. And drive, dude. Any driving over forty-five minutes, I'm like,
4: nope, thank you. <laughs> What, what 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 happened in your life where you do not like to drive? My mom and I used to take. I mean, I wasn't driving but as a child. We took a couple different. I've been on a handful of different, like cross country, oh. um, road trips. trips before, road trips before. Like we've went from once was my grandparents, my grandmother and my grandfather, we went from Kansas City to up to South Dakota or North Dakota. You know, did Mount Rushmore, Badlands, went across to Washington state. So we went to like Yellowstone and, you know, did that. And then we went from my my uncle's base, the one that was in the Navy, he was based in um, Washington state at the time. So we stayed with him for a couple days and then we went from Washington down to Utah, saw Salt Lake city, saw, saw the Salt Lake and then went from back there back to Kansas. So that was one, that was one trip. My mom and I took one from Kansas city down to Florida, which is really like only like 15, 16, 17 hour drive or something like that. But we like, we split it up between, you know, stopping in certain cities and like, you know, going to, you know, Nashville or, you well, know, yeah. yeah, we went to Nashville. We went to, you know, um, Chattanooga, Tennessee.
0: That's the beauty of a, of a road trip though, is, is getting to see those places. Yeah, you,
4: so, see, I mean, you see all the you see all the historical things. So yeah, I go
0: on a road trip. I just don't want
1: to drive.
4: <laughs> like oh, when okay. I was a
1: kid, we had we had a crew cab truck with a camper shell on the back,
3: uh,
1: and it had a boot in between the camper shell, so it would open up into the back the cabin. And you just go back. Me and my brother, me and my brother and sister would throw our bean bags into the bed of the truck.
3: Yeah,
1: right in the bed of the truck with sleeping bags and bean bags and a stack of Hardy Boy books I got from the library nice. and we'd just read the whole time my parents could drive anywhere i did not care there was snacks and i was not driving and i was in a beanbag <laughs> for like six seven hours or whatever
4: that so you're saying you're so so you're, saying you're, so you're saying you were spoiled as a young child
1: yeah sure spoiled that's <laughs> spoiled. exactly how i would <laughs> describe
4: my childhood
0: well i took a trip with my uncle I used to drive trucks and so me and my brother would uh go with him all the time especially just to the valley uh, from Dallas, what is one of his, uh, I guess, where he'd pick up and then he'd take it the rest of the way, South Texas. So we'd drive with him all the time and um, got to experience that. That was fun. But I remember one time in particular, uh, when I was like 13 or so, I went with him on a trip to California. And that was so cool just because, you know, the windows on a, you know, a, a truck. So they're these giant windows and you see these like, amazing views like he went through New Mexico, Arizona, uh, Colorado, all the way through California and so you know that like in particular I don't remember for that those scenes from um, Forrest Gump where he's trying to describe different areas in his run to Jenny and like you get to see all these beautiful grass like sunsets and sunrises and, and all these things on his journey when he's doing that running and that's kind of what I got to see out of this window of this and seeing like the sunset or the sunrise in, in Mexico or in Arizona just seeing the, the Rocky Mountains for the first time seeing all these like crazy beautiful views and that's like what I find the best part of those types of like you got to I mean, see, you said you got to see Mount Rushmore. Like that's crazy. Like what was that like?
4: Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a long 11, time but, ago. I know. Yeah, I mean, I was eleven, twelve years old or something like that. Um, I mean, it was obviously really cool. I mean, I've I just seen, never seen
0: anything that like a big structure like <clears> that or like monumental structure.
5: I mean, yeah, I've seen like uh,
0: Golden, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge and stuff like that, but I've never seen something that iconic.
4: I don't think. You know, when they. I've been to probably every state in the country except for, like, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, which I'll tackle Vermont this next year because I have a friend getting married there. Um, And then that's probably about it. I've probably been to every other – no, that's not true. I haven't been to a couple of, like, like Minnesota, Michigan – Oh. Yeah, like Minnesota, Michigan stuff like that. Which so I've never seen the Great Lakes. That's something I would like to do, is see the Great Lakes. But yeah, Mount Rushmore was cool. Yellowstone was better, you know. So old, uh, Old Faithful, which is the big geyser that's there.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, that was pretty cool. The Badlands was really cool. You see um, those
0: giant trees that you drive through, like where they have the tunnel dug out of these giant fucking trees. That's, that that's more
4: like that's Arkansas. that's like Calif- that's California. So-
0: Arkansas oh, I've seen, that I've period. seen, I've seen some in California, like yeah. the redwoods or whatever.
4: The, yeah, the Redwood National Forest. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, but I, I just seen like I don't know if it was in movies or whatever. I just remember like seeing like these giant trees that are so big that they had to dig tunnels.
4: No, I've seen them in Redwood National Forest, but never anywhere else. Um, we drove from uh, San Francisco. My uncle, both of my uncles, were stationed there for a little while. Well, one was in San Jose, but um, so I've seen the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz, and all that stuff as well. Yeah,
0: it was Alcatraz. That was dope. The,
4: the coolest, uh, the coolest part about we we did the seven mile, seven mile journey, which is like Monterey, Monterey and Carmel, which is between like L.A. and and San Fran, where all the actors live. When I got to see like Clint Eastwood's house, like that stuff I found more entertaining than like oh, right. me. Alcatraz, Alcatraz is cool, yeah. Besides like Mount Rushmore like Chattanooga, there's a big you know stone thing in Chattanooga, too. Um, I don't
0: know. You see anything like, like iconic like that, Dean, in any of your trips? For me, my my iconic, my most iconic was the Hollywood sign. I seeing that for the first time with my own eyes it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, well, we that was that, cool. I really like the when ob- we were in high school. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The
1: observatory. But, oh
0: yeah. You know, yeah, that was dope. Oh, yeah. that, was, that uh, the outdoor pavilion with the uh, like the Bowl? a bunch of movies. Yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood. That was yeah. dope. That was dope.
1: Yeah, that that trip was pretty epic for me. Just like now, every time I watch a movie and I see like. They using the observatory, I'm like, oh, man, I've been
0: there. That was cool. Uh, or Man's Chinese Theater. We got to go there, too.
4: That was cool. That was a fun, so, fun, fun trip. The last two things I think I really want to see besides, like, the rest of the states. So I can see, like, yes, the Great Lakes is more of them for sure. Um, what I really want to go is the Gorge in Washington for a concert and Red Rocks for a concert. Like, those to me are... Definitely on my bucket list type thing. Yeah. Like just, I want to go to, I want to go to Tomorrowland in Belgium. Yes. Just cause it's a like town built for yeah. a concert.
0: Here, he, I know he got to go to EDC in Mexico city. That must've been pretty dope.
4: Yeah. I bet you that's pretty crazy. Yeah.
0: That's
1: um, to, uh, I want to go to Iceland.
0: And see, like, oh, is that what they do, like, Alaska, Iceland? Can you see the, uh, what is that called, the different colors in the sky? Northern lights? Oh, that's northern just
1: lights?
4: anywhere in the northern hemisphere. You go up far north, you can see that. Yeah, you can see that in Sweden, in Greenland, Iceland.
0: Okay. I would
1: love oh, to Any of those that.
4: places I would like to go. Even yeah, though I
1: don't like the cold, but uh, I watched something on Iceland the other day on Netflix, and I was like, "Dude, that looks amazing!"
0: Was oh, that the uh, the show with um, what's his name?
4: Zac um, Efron? Show. Yeah, oh god, yeah. It's so
0: good. I've
4: so been hearing a lot about that. You to watch that.
0: It's so great because it's like it's beautiful, like for cinematography, great images. He's fun, and then it's really cool information that you get from the guy he's working with. He's got a dude that knows <laughs> a lot about superfoods and just like. Uh, Trying to um, you know sustainability, and and that's what it's a lot of it's about, and how you know, different places around the, the country are are you know doing their part in helping have sustainable living situations for them. Hmm. Like did you know? Did you know in France they have uh, just the public water system? Like, like they have water stations everywhere you can go. Water bottles. Not only do they have regular water, but they have sparkling water for everybody for free that you can just like put your bottle in there and get sparkling. I mean, I've seen some stuff in like, you know, libraries and stuff, but not to the, to the, like these are like, like on the street. Anybody can grab it. You have your own container.
4: I think, I think for the most part, Europe does it pretty good for the most part compared to the US.
0: I really want to travel there. Um, I've never been, I really really,
4: free care for anybody. I mean, my My friend that moved to Italy, he married an Italian woman, and he uh, deviated septum. He'd had like his entire life and never had gotten it fixed and just didn't know about it. And he went into the hospital, got it fixed, and his surgery cost him $5. Wow. That $5 was for the prescription that he needed afterwards. So Europe obviously does everything right compared to us. It's unfortunate.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, some things. Something's not so much. Yeah, for sure. We didn't do Good Voice.
0: Yeah, fuck. This is Good Voice. It All right, guys, so just to catch you up on uh, Good Voice, right now we have two finalists waiting. We have the cover of uh, the singer that did the cover of Hozier's Take Me to Church. The second winner was a cover of Angel Eyes. we have one male contestant, one female contestant waiting. The winner of last week was, Dean, you want to let everybody know who the winner of last week's competition was?
1: Oh, yeah. In a landslide. A landslide. It was song number three.
0: Song number three, which was Creep, a cover of the song Creep. Uh, So that is the winner of last week's competition. It was very, very tight, very haunting songs last week. They're a little bit uh, more upbeat this week. Uh, So uh, let's go ahead and get into this week's competition, guys. Ah, uh, just to lay it out there, the uh, the contestants this week are singing covers. The first song the cover of uh, "Fast Car" uh, by uh, Tracy Chapman. I think that's the one that you picked. Me.
1: It is. I picked that one.
0: And then I have the uh, the choice of the second singer who is singing a cover of "Space Cowboy" from Keith And then the third song is uh, TJ's pick, and that person sang a cover. Of Summertime Sadness, the Lionel Del Rey song. And then uh, finally, Jorge picks uh, the fourth singer who's doing a cover of the song from Oh Brother Where Art Thou and of Constant Sorrow. Those are the uh, the options this week. I, don't, I, know, I, I thought you were going to pick that song, honestly. I would have. I forgot about the, it. Well, the performance bit. was so good in that first one, though. So I, I get where you're going with, you know, a lot of times you guys go with the voice over the content. Um, I, I just remember
1: when no oh brother where thou came out singing that song and then being in love with bluegrass ever since.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That movie is so good. Well guys, again, thank you so much for, for voting. Please make sure that your vote is in on our Twitter, on our social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, look out for those videos and make sure you vote. Is that who your pick is? Yeah. I'm going
1: with that first song. Uh, I just like the song. I don't, I don't care who sings it.
0: See my old man's got a problem. He lives bada bada, oh, that's the way it is. I say body's too old for working. Body's too young to look like this. My mama went off and left him. She wanted more than life than he could give us it. Somebody's gotta take care of him.
2: So I quit school, that's what I did. So remember when
0: we were driving the real life? Or who I
2: can't
1: think of it Tracy, Tracy Oh yeah
0: That's right And uh, that means that I have a second song So uh, Space Cowboys uh, is one of my uh, Like I, I don't get too much into country But Casey Musgraves is, is I think she's really talented I think she's like a, a Lana Del Rey of country If you will and so that's why I picked uh, song number two as my song uh, Because I love the song itself But I think the cover of it is really good. Really Face Cowboy
3: You can have your space Well, I'm,
4: taking our, I'm, I'm taking number three. Mm, good one. Sad Summer.
0: Yeah. That's a great song. Um I love I love the cover of it. I love the original song. Kiss me
5: out before you go.
2: All right, you guys. So I went with song number four, Man of Constant Sorrow. I really dig this song. I've seen that movie, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou? And I thought that that song was good. And then to hear this artist kind of give his rendition on American folk music mixed with some bluesy vibes. I felt like he mixed, you know, blues, modern day country music as well as traditional American folk. So I'm going with this one. Felt a lot of heart in this song. And the artist um, sounded like he was having a good time with this song. And I like folks that have a good time. So if you're listening, you need to vote for song number four. I know what I'm talking about.
6: I am a man of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble on my days. Where I that was the is
0: week four quarterfinal of Good Voice. So make sure you get your votes in on all of our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know who you want to represent. And the final round next week, we wrap it up. All four finalists meet to become the first champion of the first year of Good Voice. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll take a quick word from our friends over at Big Salinas Barbecue.
5: Hi, this is Randy with Big Salinas Barbecue. Just wanted to tell you, we now have our award winning barbecue sauce for sale. We have been cooking up delicious barbecue and sauce since 2014. You can now purchase a bottle at Big or visit Chart 380, Joe's Meat Market, Outdoor Grill Sales, Mushak's Meat Market or the barbecue store to pick up a bottle today. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Big Salinas Barbecue. In
1: 1998, Allen High School students were dealing with the normal social and educational pitfalls of high school. Decided to crank it up a notch and grabbed a camera from the broadcast journalism to produce a soap opera called Alan the TV show, loosely based on the 70s and 80s show Dallas. There was conniving schemes, romance, suspense, and action. Today we have the creator and showrunners and stars, Jared
6: Fairley and Alice and Kraft Johnson.
7: Thank you, man.
6: Alright, yeah, let's bring him on in.
7: What is Hello. Happening? Hey, what's up, man?
6: Hey. Oh. How's Hi. it going guys? Very good. It's uh sorry, apologies too. It's kind of early. It's two hours uh, I... earlier
7: here. Oh uh,
1: yeah.
4: <laughs>
6: yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I woke up not too long ago.
0: <laughs> I got you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time.
7: Yeah, you guys are so bright and chipper.
1: <laughs> drugs. It's lots of drugs.
0: <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm just like a morning person. I've always been. He's a liar. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs>
6: yeah, it's uh, it's just now light outside. Wow, it's just Beautiful. like starting to come up the sun. <laughs> what you said So, what part of California you live in? I'm in uh, Venice. Oh, nice! Like southern, yeah, southern California. Oh, awesome. So, but um, yeah. But right now I'm actually traveling. I'm I'm actually in Oregon right now.
0: My uh, my nephew just uh, got into Oregon. He's about to go there this fall, first first semester. Oh yeah. So pretty oh wow. About that. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I want to kind of uh, I I was talking to Dean about it yesterday. We were trying to like think back. Of like when like the first time you know we got close to, to approaching Alan and to me and I could be wrong but like my first earliest memory of, of anything production wise like that was uh, I think our sophomore year and um, I think Reisner in the theater department Jared were working together to try to uh, do a like uh, live to tape or some kind of production of a Christmas fairy. like Charles Dickens I'm style.
6: To Yes, um, that was in – well, I remember that from my junior year. And um, R- uh, Reisner wasn't even the um, the yeah. uh, the supervisor then. Right.
0: I think it was like a changeover because, like, whoever was running the department <coughs> had to leave, like – I don't know if you guys remember. Had to leave, like, in the middle of the season, the year. And then Reisner came in second semester. So I think that was, like, the tail end of your, your junior year. So like, I'm,
6: yes. I'm trying to remember – what the previous instructor's name was. Was it um, Weiss? Oh yes, that's right, wow. Was his name Weiss? Yeah,
0: that's a great name. wow, yeah.
6: Um, yeah, well I remember because I had to pitch him a Christmas Carol, and I pitched him, I may have pitched him Allen before, but it wasn't till the following year where, where uh, Reisner came aboard. Or I, I didn't realize that he, Reisner came aboard like on the tail ends so or maybe I remember him but he just wasn't as he didn't have as much of a presence then sure.
0: yeah and I think that's kind of why like things maybe didn't um, come to fruition there uh, I think it was yeah. like the changeover and it was very exciting though it was like the first time anybody kind of really taken it to that level I mean there was there was knowledge questions mm-hmm. that they were doing at the time and, and a bunch of of stuff but like that was like real programming if you will uh that you were gonna bring to to uh to Alan and I that was really exciting and I think me and Dean auditioned for a part in it. Um we were really excited about right. it. And then so the next year you like went straight into Alan and that's that again was like hey, cool we're doing something. And then Dean mentioned that you had like maybe another script that you were thinking about doing about a side like a sci-fi script.
6: Yes. Yes. Okay. So the the reason I remember Weiss, I think his name was Craig Weiss. And um The reason I remember him is because that during that year, he wanted someone to produce a a sci-fi show. And Blaze Golden, that was the name of the show. Blaze Golden. That's awesome. Yes, that's what I couldn't remember. (laughs) Blaze Golden. Um, It was Blaze Golden Space Soldier. And from what I remember, like... He was like, you know, someone do this, someone produce this. And I think he only came up with the name.
3: And so I
6: took it, I took it and ran with it. I was like, okay, I'll do something. And um, I came up with like a a campy sci-fi take similar to Batman, like in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, how are we going to produce a sci-fi show unless it's going to be like on that tiny little set you remember in the, the God, podcast? God, yes. <laughs> yes. So I So that's what I had in mind. I was like, okay, we'll have like a green screen and we'll have like glow-in-the-dark stars and a solar system. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we'll have people make costumes and dress up as like campy, you know, sitcom characters. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of like what I wrote it as and i had that kind of like on the side before i was going to do alan that was kind of like a side thing it was like okay which one will which one will fly (laughs) yeah like which
0: one can we actually pull off um and that's what that was really cool about the whole experience i'm sure for everybody uh in some kind of way was the fact that we had to use ingenuity and try to just figure it out like like so Like how, so what, did you do projects the year before? Like what, like, how did you just be like, okay, like I'm going to just do a TV show. Like that's crazy in itself. Like to be able to have that kind of confidence and be like, yeah, I'm just gonna do a TV show. When no one has done it before.
6: Yeah, it was. Okay, so I, uh, my junior year, I really had wanted to be in broadcast journalism because um, when I was, the previous year, I was in North Carolina, that's where I'd come from. And they didn't have any electives. The electives were like foreign languages. And um, I want to say it was more, I don't know, it was like home ec or something. It wasn't, they didn't have drama. They didn't have broadcast journalism. They didn't have those kinds of things, anything media related. So I was determined to like get into broadcast journalism um, and uh, try and produce something. And I had, Craig Weiss had asked me, to do like an episode or two of Knowledge Quest. Do you remember Knowledge I Quest?
2: I do. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that hey, that was quite the uh, you know platform to get yourself you know known. Oh my god. It
6: was it was silly, but I mean it was all about the trivia questions, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and that's what kind of made it fun. And so there was that, and then I, there may have been some other shows. And I, uh, obviously I had written for news and I had operated the teleprompter and done all those kinds of things. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and start like writing things and producing things on my own. And that's when I came up with the Christmas Carol. I was like, well, that's easy. It's like, everyone's done that. You know, it's like, I'll just rewrite it. (laughs) And we had got, we had gotten Miss Dillard. You remember Miss Mm Dillard? Yep. Um, from theater Mm -hmm. to direct it and bj smith was going to be scrooge or cratchit yeah i was
0: gonna say man wow that's so awesome like did he i can't remember him actually doing anything in allen
6: did he do anything in no but there was talk i mean there was talk about it he was interested at one point but it never came into fruition that's yeah
0: that's awesome that's crazy he would have killed that he would have killed that for sure (laughs)
2: <laughs> hey if i may you know i want to say one of my favorite memories from the entire show was the spot you guys put on the teaser that you did with uh live and let die for your oh, so Brazil episode and man let me tell you something that took a lot of courage man. because oh, that was aired on the entire high school oh, yeah. closed circuit and i mean I, I want to give you props i mean at the time i was kind of like uh, yeah, I was I was kind of nervous for you, but dude looking back on it, man, that was revolutionary. It was awesome, man. Killed it, man. The whole school was rocking.
6: So I was in I remember being in a co-op class. I can't remember the name of the class or whatever, but I remember the instructor, the teacher, she was like, you know, you've been in this class for like a year and you haven't said anything. And then that comes on the air.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I still can't listen to that song without thinking about that music mm-hmm. video. It was, so uh,
0: good. it was like the whole thing, too. That's a long song. Like like that's a pretty well, long song. There was a
7: whole there was a whole saga that preceded <laughs> the production of that video. I mean, yes. We could talk a lot about For sure. behind I mean, the scenes.
0: I I think that was like yes. the apex, right? That that's when like like that was the crescendo of your run with the show. It's like that, yeah. that took it to, that was like, if you, if you will, that was kind of like Saved by the Bell in
6: Hawaii. You know what I mean? Like, that's
3: kind of like <laughs> what that was.
6: It wasn't, it wasn't planned. I think what happened was we were filming that South America episode and we were on that water dam and I was with Chris Lurch. You guys remember Chris Lurch? Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. And Chris and I were just kind of playing around on that water dam And I think I had started singing it, that song, and it it was like, Mm -hmm. I had been listening to the James Bond soundtrack. And that's the song that I was thinking of when I was on this water dam. And so it kind of just played out. And and we kind of went with it. And we started filming. And I started lip syncing to the (laughs) song. And then we, I cut it together. And then showed Reisner just for the hell of it. Yeah. And Reisner was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna show this. We're gonna put this on." <laughs> it wasn't. I don't remember it being like a thing or being yeah. pre-planning it too much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, that was awesome. well, it was awesome. It was like of, the viral. It was like viral marketing at its best. For
6: sure. Because before, yeah. anything, before right? things. Before things went viral. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: it just went viral inside this building where all the kids
0: were. <laughs> do, do any of you guys have any uh memories of the audition process uh taking it back to the beginning again allison do you remember well
7: well i came in late uh i knew chance griffin who right. played lance Yes. <laughs> and uh so i i don't know if i auditioned i guess i auditioned for you did i i don't remember well so, Allison was
6: not there on the first day of auditions. Mm-hmm. Just about everyone else was. Yeah. But, but um, we didn't have a Brittany Foster. Like, I don't think, I don't ever remember a girl showing up, and we were like, oh, on the first day, like, oh, that's Brittany Foster. Right. So, we had to continue the hunt for Brittany. Yeah. And I think I had turned to Chance, who I'd cast as Lance, um, and I asked him, do you know anyone that could play this part of your girlfriend? Like, do you know anyone who could play your girlfriend?
0: <laughs> and he's like, I got a list right here. And Allison is You're at wrong. the top of
6: it. <laughs> <laughs> and of all the girls, he chose Allison Kraft. Wow.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> so
6: yeah,
7: he, so he was
2: the casting director, too. Yes,
7: yes. pants <laughs> was very invested he was, he wanted this thing to happen. I remember that. I remember it was, yes. And I kept thinking, wait, what's going on? Did he know how many times
1: he was going to get slapped before he got invested?
7: (laughs) No, I don't think so.
6: I think he thought he was going to be, yeah, I think he thought he was going to be like this good character. Like he, this was going to be his chance to, to, you know, be the leading man. And it wasn't quite like that. Um, he oh, like, gave
0: him every opportunity, uh, though. He gave him every opportunity to, to kind of hit that, <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs>
6: and he did his
0: best. He did his best.
1: I thought he did great. I thought... Yeah. Um, it, it, it added something
0: to the show, for sure.
1: But he definitely felt like a villain. Oh, yeah. Like his presence yeah. was villainous. And then I just remember <laughs> how many takes we did of him getting slapped. And I feel like there should be <laughs> somewhere, Jared, there should be just like a long... Long, long outtakes of him being slapped over and over. I yeah.
6: Thought his cheek I was red, like, through the yeah, rest of the episode. <laughs> I think he's, got, he's sure, a slap montage. Yeah.
7: I know he has. I'm
6: pretty sure that um, every female cast member slapped him. <laughs> yeah. And and then I, I think I punched him. And then I think Nate punched him. I think oh, a couple God. of the guys punched him. So. <laughs> Yeah. And you for got slapped
7: sure. quite a bit too, Jared. I do remember Adrian.
6: Yes, Kathy. Kathy <laughs> Bruderer, mm-hmm. <laughs>
7: Which she was like the sweetest person. It was right. so fun to watch her just wail on you. Right. But, um, I, think,
6: I think that um I think she she was happy to do it because a lot of the show was Kind of like disorganized as we were kind of putting it together, and so I probably tested her patience once or twice, and so she was probably like, "Oh, I need to slap you." Fine. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: I mean, Done.
0: for sure. Like, but for all the problems and all the uh, trying to figure it, figuring out things as we went along. Like, go looking back on it, especially some of the stuff that you've shared with us, and I appreciate you sharing some of those old clips and stuff of the show um like it holds up man it still holds up to this day like i mean stuff that uh that made it onto the show the final cut like like we did it like we put together very very good shows that 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 had you know cognizant like storylines that you could follow along It, it it wasn't um if it wasn't just like slapped together as much as we like as much as it, our memories will say yes, we slap that hoe together, put it on, on screen. But it was very, very well thought out. You guys did a good job with the, with the writing. Um, I think we did, the performances were there. And it, and it was a composed, a real show, like a real good show.
6: Yeah, I mean, it, it took us a while. It didn't happen overnight, you know. Um, it, it took us a while, I think, to get it all together. And it was great when Reisner took over that broadcast department in my senior year because I was able to pitch him and I was able to ask him to, you know, use the cameras. And I don't know if he thought it was gonna go anywhere, but he at least like gave us the opportunity in the beginning. And I always remember that, you know, he let us have the cameras and go out and start filming. And that's when we kind of started playing around and, and it, it became fun.
2: For sure. Hey, you know, a- yeah, you talk about, uh, you know, organizing everything. One controversial, well, I shouldn't say controversial moment was in April when Columbine happened. And I know you guys had an episode ready to go and it involved, you know, guns and what have you. And that episode got pulled. If you can speak to that.
6: Yes. Um, so you mentioned Live and Let Die. I'm pretty sure that went on like the week before Columbine. Mm-hmm. Wow, and yeah, so it was like this surprise, and it was kind of cool. But then that happened. The, the "Live and Let Die" was supposed to be a preview for this episode where there was going to be a lot of violence.
5: Mm-hmm. I mean,
6: we had uh, Devine getting kidnapped. Right. Um. Uh. And uh, there were several people kidnapped, and there were there there was going to be like a car bomb or something. There was going to be <laughs> all these outrageous things because it was um it was it was like a character's dream. It was like Cat's dream, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't supposed to be real, right? And um, but it was still in this episode that we had planned to air. And Reisner was like, "You can't show any of that." You can't, you can't do that. Not right now. <laughs> yeah, I
1: definitely remember recording uh, some sort of tiki torch fight. Yeah, yes. where I almost got <laughs> set on fire by setonilla fuel. <laughs> yes. And jumping. I, yes. I remember. I remember shooting that episode. I remember I was sick most of that year, but um, for that dream right. episode, right? I remember being like just like out in the woods, hitting things <laughs> and jumping off things. Yeah, I, I remember did,
0: that yeah. part. Just like jungle stuff. And then y'all had like hotel stuff, I think. Y'all did stuff in a hotel. Yes. Is that
6: right? Yes, we filmed at the Renaissance Hotel. I mean, there's all kinds of stories just on that episode alone that mm-hmm. I could talk about. That was an experience. That Just that one episode was a big trial and tribulation because it involves so many Action stunts and location. (laughs) Well, I was gonna
0: say, like, as far as locations, I mean, even from the the beginning, you were getting us in restaurants. You know, we were uh, like having uh, you know setups like that, like, like, and that was just you just talking to the people that own the place and saying, hey, like, we're shooting the show. Like, like, how did you get that? How did you get
6: Windchase? Like, how did you do all that stuff? I think once you say student project. People are—they're very open and accommodating because it's like it's a bunch of kids. You know, we'll let them do their thing, and so I don't—that's why I don't ever remember it being an ordeal to do that. You know, and we didn't have an intimidating large crew, so it was usually just you know a very small, intimate setup. So we weren't ever like obtrusive whenever we went into a restaurant. You know. It, we would be even less obtrusive now because you can film with iPhones and you 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 can get away with that stuff. Even though we had a news camera, I think that kind of gave us some credibility too.
1: (laughs) Yes. Always put a sticker on your camera that has four uh, alphabetical letters on the side. That's a good trick.
0: Yes. Or it's also a good way to get in trouble. (laughs) As I learned, as I learned many times that year, uh, yeah. So, yes. <laughs> but, um, and then with William Chase, like, was that like, I know you get to film a lot from the outside. Um, that was the, uh, the outs. Well, that's the outside of, of where, uh, the family lived. Like it was the ranch that was yes. right there off of, uh, Greenville.
6: Yes. And we went in and we talked to that couple that lived at the home. And I remember, I think I went, I may have went with Justin and Chance and we all asked for permission and, they gave us permission to film the outside. And I'm pretty sure we probably asked, well, can we come inside? Can we come in and, like, and film like this grand staircase? And there was like a patio with a pool and it was more impressive. I mean, Justin's pool was great and, and it was amazing. But their pool was just a little bit bigger. <laughs> and I think we may have asked yet yeah, to do that. And they were like, like no, just the exteriors. So.
0: Obviously, this is like, you know, Alan is like inspired by Dallas, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So like, is that something that you've always been a fan of that show growing up? Like, did you always have aspirations to do that type of, of drama?
6: Yeah. In high school, I had been watching reruns of that show because they would show them every day. So it was kind of the thing I think that I caught after school when I would come home. And it was like. And it still is probably like one of the top shows of all time. And it was their format that I really kind of was in awe of. And the dynamic nature of the characters, how they evolve over the course of season after season. And that's what kind of got me interested in doing something similar. And I thought, oh, well, this is something that would be more feasible to pull off like a drama, like a soap opera. And my grandmother was who I lived with was really big on soap operas. So I was always surrounded by like the soap opera mentality, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I tried to, that's why I wrote Alan as I did. It was kind of melodramatic.
1: Was that your grandmother? Was that her evil twin sister?
6: (laughs) I know. (laughs) But but she would be wrapped up. I was always kind of in awe of, of how much she was wrapped up in these characters, You know, and talking, she would talk more about the characters than than I remember her watching the characters. And so that's why I thought, oh, this is this could be a good idea.
2: Hey, so as you're putting on this art, you know, as I like to call it, and everybody in the entire city is watching this, uh, Ali. Like, did you find yourself like going to a gas station or a Eckerd's to (laughs) develop your? pictures that you uh, go <laughs> and home. yeah and, and, and then someone stops you and say, "Hey, you're on Allen."
7: Uh I don't remember getting recognized ever. I'm not actually sure who was really watching <laughs> at that time. I don't know. I, I don't can know.
1: tell you it was anybody that went to Ford, <laughs> Curtis, <laughs> <laughs> the two really? junior highs, yes well, because, I, oh
7: they were watching it I yes because
1: my know. girlfriend's little sister would be like oh i love that show I'm I like what
7: <laughs> i do
6: think it was young kids and mm. it didn't happen all the time it didn't happen and another thing is i was busy like if i wasn't doing like homework or working on the show i wasn't really out and about so, maybe it could have happened more.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what, I definitely got called Benny the Bear a few times. Uh, yeah, which is pretty, cool. yeah, it was kind of funny. and It was like my brother's, like, who's older than me, I think he'd already graduated, and it was like friends of his that saw it, that live in Allen and so they saw it, and like, it was like a kind of, a, like a running joke. But it was funny that they were like, oh yeah, watch the show, you know, Benny the Bear. <laughs> oh, that's
7: funny, I
2: had no idea. Yeah, there was there was also a phone number. To I do call. remember, yes. and, and I and I would call it because they're like you know if you have yes. any comments or anything. And uh, there was a I, phone number. Yeah, there was a phone number. I remember. I do calling not it remember it that because I disguised my voice and called Jared. I'm you like, had a hey, comment. You had like
0: a comments
2: phone number. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As, as, well, I don't know. It was some kind of in the credits, and we'd have to be like, you know, this is KJL three Teen news. <laughs> that is hilarious. To you. And I would call, and you know, Reisner would pick up, and I'd be like, <laughs> "Yes, I just saw your show. I got to, <laughs> I want to talk to the manager."
6: <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, no, no it was dope. You know, I do. I do remember. I do remember a few times where people did come to me, and it was mostly, I think, younger kids, and. The reason I knew more than one person was watching was when I think Columbine happened Mm. because uh, Reisner got so many calls from angry parents. Okay. So they had to have been watching. Someone had to have been watching because of, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it was because uh, Lance got shot. It was Chance got shot on the
2: show. Did you have fake blood Um, on that one or, or how did you
6: disguise that one? no there was no blood there there wasn't any special effects it was a sound effect and it was filmed in the dark oh that's so right see any, yeah it was as minimal as possible and it was chance just basically you know jumping back <laughs> probably like twice <laughs> <laughs> and falling to the ground oh amazing so like, <laughs> we had very
0: pair very unique opportunity to be able to work with the technology that we were able to. Like, um, do you ever think about like, what it would be like to have, to go back and like be able to do the show with the technology that we have now? Do you think that would make an impact uh, in a good
6: way or bad way? Yeah, I mean, I think the quality would be much better. Um, But I mean, It was, I think the fun of it was how practical it was, you know, how we only had to work, we only had so much to work with. And um, I think we could probably get away with a lot more now just because the equipment's smaller and less obtrusive, And, you know, you don't need a huge uh, setup. So I think we could get in and out of places uh, very easily. Um, But I mean, I'm glad. I'm kind of happy the way it was produced, the way it was. It was fun, you know. We were filming that with VHS cameras before we went before uh, it went digital.
4: Yeah. So,
0: and, Allison, do you remember? Like, did you guys still? Did you do any digital stuff with when you when you because you when you got the show? We had, you were already into the new to the new school.
7: Yeah. So we were at the new high school, and we I, we had maybe maybe better editing equipment by that point, maybe. Yeah, we had more than the Avid.
1: We had, yeah, we had gotten j- some Premiere stuff, some Adobe yeah, stuff. Yeah, so
7: we would digitize the footage for sure and then work with it that way. Uh, but we still had the same big old hunky cameras and <laughs> stuff. Uh, but you know, I I really, I'm glad that we didn't have all the options and the ability to gloss things over and make everything look really polished. We weren't polished. The scripts weren't polished, and the the video wasn't either, but, and I, you know, some of my favorite memories were, like, reshooting the Chinese restaurant scene five times because <laughs> something <laughs> happened to the footage, and I mean, those were the best memories to me. For sure. I We eventually got rolling with how to make the show, you know, and Jared, you know, forged the way with that, but it would have been a totally different thing if we'd been really, you know, Good at what we did. I think we learned so much, Uh, and the mistakes are some of my favorite things. You know, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for the world. To be honest.
6: Yeah, I don't think the bloopers would have been as funny. (laughs) You know, we had taken it too seriously in the beginning.
7: Yeah, Yeah, I don't think I don't think we ever took it too seriously, and I mean that in a good way. It just, we we were all kids figuring it out. The one person that did seem to, well, Jared took it seriously for sure. Um, But Jim, of everybody on the set. And if you guys remember this, I felt like we were on planet earth and Jim was in another universe as far as his intensity and commitment to the acting. I was always like, I thought we were all just kind of
3: sitting around
7: and he, and he was like, studying lines, taking it seriously, coming up with ideas, always yes. bringing this extra intensity. So then when he was there, it was like, okay, you know, let's get it together. And right. yeah, sure enough, right. as it turns out, right. you know, there's a reason that he was as committed. Uh, and that was helpful because I feel like between, between Jared and Jim, it made us all step up our game. And we were like, maybe this isn't just a bunch of kids screwing around. Maybe this is something more than that. And And it was. It was, for sure.
2: And for those of you in the audience that do not know, Ali is obviously referring to Jim Perrick, who has been on numerous HBO series, True Blood, Battle Los Angeles. He's worked with, uh, he was on the movie Fury. So, I mean, when you see all of those movies that Jim has been in and he was on your show, I mean, what, what, what goes through your mind knowing that, holy crap, you know, this guy went on to achieve this and I got a chance to work with him?
6: I distinctly remember that you had asked about auditions and it was the first day of people showing up. And I want to say it was like 10 people that showed up and um, Jim was very quiet. And I just remember him sitting in his chair. I remember him being very quiet and very pensive. And he was, I, I, I think from the very beginning, he took it very seriously. And um, I had him read probably a, a number of different roles And Jason, the character of Jason was kind of supposed to be like this underdog, like the underdog of the show. And um, I knew that that the couple was Jason and Tina. And even though I didn't necessarily have Tina yet, I knew, oh, he's going to be Jason. And from day one, yeah, he was very serious. And it's just like Allison says, he was kind of in his own zone. And that was great. It was awesome. It was kind of uh, refreshing, and it, because I think he had been looking for an outlet, just as we all had been, to
7: yeah.
6: act.
2: And like, so, what? What were some? Did you have like any techniques or anything that stood out? Because you say that he was really intense. Like, what were some of the moments that stuck out for you? Where you were like, wait a minute, I actually got to rehearse. You know, I actually got to. <laughs> Have some, can we do some blocking here so we make sure that the angles are correct?
7: Well, Well, so we really never concerned ourselves with a whole lot of blocking. I mean, if we screwed up the tape, Jared would say, redo it because this person jumped out. We were, that was definitely something that was being refined as we went. But Jim just, I didn't have a whole lot of scenes one-on-one with him, but, you know, we usually were filming, y'all remember, Saturday (laughs) morning? block your schedule. Uh we're gonna fill it in a few <laughs> different locations. And uh it was it was intensity before the cameras were even rolling. And and it was just kind of, you know, yes. There was just an energy that he brought with him. And uh not all of us had that energy. I was I didn't I mean <clears throat> I, I certainly didn't not enacting, mean, at least. One of my
0: fondest memories is that scene in the hallway that we shared, uh, where he he beats yes. me up. Like that that scene is so intense <laughs> and so good. Like yes, I mean it really is, bro. Like it's like it's you and then you did a really good job catching his eyes, like his <laughs> crazy eyes in that in those moments. Like he he wanted to beat yes. the, the crap out of me. Like like you can see it in his face. Like he really was about to beat the crap out of me. And so that was really exciting. Like, w-
6: with that scene. um, I think we had been filming with Jim and Gina and then Jim had that whole idea. And he was like, let's go and do this in the hallway. And it was, it may have been you, Chris, that was there. Well, you had to have been there. (laughs) And then um, I want to say it was Rusty Smith. Rusty Smith was, they had created like this uh, um, rolling dolly uh, with, I don't know if it was like a card or something and Rusty, Rusty leaned back to get this um, uh, rat's eye view of Jim, you know, being a towering presence. And uh, they just kind of went with it. You know, yeah, it was just perfect like, with the it, lights, uh, like because the lights it was would great. come.
0: It was like he'd get some light and then he'd like yes. get into the shadow and then he'd get the light again. And like he he was yeah. really good and cognizant of that. He'd actually played that like up, like every time he'd go to the shadows, he'd go dark. Then when the light would come up, like he'd bring it back it's, to like
2: being a kid. Like it
0: was hey, really cool. that was
6: probably yeah, the best monologue ever. Oh, so good.
2: Hey Jared, I actually was there that day. You guys did that on a Saturday. I had to come to the studio uh to use up precious gigabytes that you always took up on the yes. avid. But I remember, I, yeah, I remember that day because you it was actually a rolling chair. Mm. Uh, it, it was one of those like roll, blue rolling chairs with wheels on the bottom of it. And I was coming by to see what you guys were doing. And yeah, Jim and Chris, you guys oh were uh, uh, at, uh, extemporaneously ad-libbing some stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Hey, just don't take up too much memory on the Avid. I got some <laughs> stories to make, man. <laughs> we actually had a class well,
0: together. It was called Film well, as well, a Reflection in Society. I don't, did anybody have that class? You don't remember that class at all?
1: No, but <laughs> I do remember watching a video clip that you showed me of Jim. Yeah, that yeah. Class.
0: We, we did In this that... really cool thing. It was like about a, you know, it's about like a, a counseling and insane asylum, something like that. And he did. He basically did his version of the twelve monkeys scene where Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt is yeah, like dude. going, going off, and and uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's. I wish I had that footage. Like, oh my god, it's so
6: good. He's amazing. Yeah. Um. It. I think what we did was I. I would do a rough cut first on the linear system like the the oh. tape to tape deck, mm. god bless and then you and i would no. i would yeah yes what a great way to learn right
2: <laughs> yeah
3: for <laughs> those that i
6: remember
2: I, i'm sorry for those that don't know yeah. a linear system means like you get one shot to make it right every time you can't go back and like put something in so
1: it's tape to tape right. it's yeah, tape one deck to one deck
6: it Thank was god, really rough
2: Yeah,
6: right. It was really rough. And I remember Kat, who played Tina, she would be sitting next to me and um, she sat with me and like would review help me review because I need sometimes I would need like a second opinion. And so when we were doing the tape to tape, you know, we would both of us would be like watching it back to back, you know, replay replay. And then um, and sometimes I would get an idea there just from someone watching, you know, over my shoulder. I remember there was this one shot of um, Tony Vicinda. He was like this mystery presence on the show. And there was a glitch with his eyes popping up. Um, and it was an accident. It was a total accident in the tape to tape editing process. And Kat was like, no, I like it, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we ended up leaving it. So. Funny accidents would happen that sure. way, and then we would go in and we would bring it into the um, the Avid for polishing, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't really polished.
1: <laughs> so you would only you would only digitize the c- shots you were going to use, basically, right? Right,
6: the right, way. The, right. We couldn't bring in everything. <laughs> like, to
1: give you an idea, me and Chris tried to build an editing computer one time in two thousand one, <laughs> and we got eighty gig hard drive. No, was it no? Yeah, it was an eighty gig hard drive. It weighed about five pounds, and it was two hundred dollars.
2: And I think the avid had like fifty gigs.
3: It's huge!
6: It's huge! Wow! Which is nothing today, today. right? No, my
2: my keychain has fifty gigs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now you talk about like pre production, I vividly remember you and devony talking about future episodes and you were like no this person will then cheat on this person because it sets up a episode five when so and so comes back from the dead and then we um just i'm listening to all of this and i'm thinking man it was, i want to I get in on this show man create a character for me <laughs> and so like i had this like it vision like antonio de zabala i'm gonna come in there but all mine happened and we had to but the kibosh, Two weeks, uh, school ends early. Oh, that's right.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh wow, I'm so glad that you can fill in these gaps for me, George. Because <laughs> some of the things, even though, even though I remember a lot, there's a lot that, that because I can't remember everything that happened, but but I do remember that now, and I remember there were like this convoluted plot lines, and um, we we had thought about having a lawyer. On the show because there are these legal issues that happen with the fueling family and this girl wants to file a lawsuit against the family but she needs a lawyer Mm -hmm. and that's when we were gonna introduce Antonio (laughs) DeZavala that's awesome (laughs) he was gonna go after the viewings and Mm -hmm. I, I yeah it would have been a great match
2: Mm -hmm. And it's such a shame because like my senior year, we were going into the new high school. So not everything was set up. There was kind of like that lag the first, you know, month or two. And so you guys, I mean, you really got the tail end of the greatness of what our production crew uh, could do with KGLE 3 because, you know, I, I was occupied doing sports and stuff and, you know, trying to get on the avenue and then you guys would be doing your thing. And it was just really cool. We genuinely had a network of programming of so much, like you had the the, the knowledge quest, you had your show, uh, KGLE 3 was doing a lot of uh, broadcast journalism. So it was just a really great energy to see all the creativity. So I'm not surprised that, you know, uh, you went on to do big and bad, great thing. I mean, all of us, you know, it, it's such a it was such an honor to work with all the talent that we had. Yeah, yeah, I
6: mean, it was it was it was a great atmosphere to be in. And I'm so happy that I was there, that I didn't like spend the rest of my high school years in North Carolina. That, And I'm still grateful for that. I wish that, you know, uh, that I had utilized more from the department but it had, a, it had so much to offer. And I'm kind of glad that it happened the way it did with uh, the people that were involved, so.
0: For sure, and you got to actually kind of play a little bit uh, right before you went to school. I don't know if you remember, uh, I'm sure you remember, but uh, you got to do like your version of, 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 of like a screen, kind of. <gasps>
3: Do you the,
0: horror this? Movie, yes. the horror movie the horror movie this, this was very cool to me because uh, it was just it was your chance to kind of do what you want with that place you know what I mean like I have this equipment I can borrow it right yeah. before I go to school let me just like have fun and do what I want with no limitations just, I was like, that was kind of fun yeah yeah um, it was like a joke at first um,
6: that whole thing I think I remember. I'm trying to remember. Like Justin and Allison were doing the show. They were it ran. They basically um, took over in the second season, and the show kind of escalated to a different level. I I felt like it was more organized, and it was definitely more coherent. <laughs> the storylines were more. The storylines were more clear, and it was like evident from their first episode. And which was great. It was awesome. Like, I think I secretly remember being jealous. You know, it's like, oh, why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I think of that? Uh, But it was great in hindsight because it's like, well, at least it continued on. At least it didn't just die. At least like it's still going on. And that was so great. And I was so lucky to come back even after going off to college, coming back and trying to help out a little bit. And Justin, I remember, I think I joked to Justin and wrote like a, a scene of someone, like it may have been Devaney getting terrorized while doing the show. And we were like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do something like behind the scenes. What, what could happen? You know, because I thought that was more interesting anyways, what was going on behind the scenes as opposed to what was going on in front of the camera. And that's when we kind of went and ran, ran with that and that was fun in itself. Because we were able to do things that we couldn't do on the show because of uh, the parental restrictions and because of the, uh, you know, we couldn't say, we couldn't use certain language, we couldn't show uh, teens making out more than two seconds. Uh, (laughs) So the-
0: But you got it in, that's for sure. There was a lot of making out on the show.
2: (laughs) Hey, hey, let me tell you something. You you guys pushed the envelope because there was one scene that I remember getting cut. It's somebody was kissing, and then you did a fadeaway shot to somewhere insinuating that, you know. That, all right, so yeah, let me let me set this up. I forgot who was kissing, okay? But they're kissing, and then the camera fades away to, like, the clock. And they had to cut that because it was too insinuating that, you know, that's going to lead to the no pants dance. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes who was mm-hmm. that what yes who was that yes
7: I who wasn't that? that i feel like <laughs> right who wasn't like that thank you someone's <laughs> kissing someone's slapping you. you know one of my favorite right. episodes I, was the so- fire i actually yeah. thought that you're special because yeah. we actually did special effects on the fire mm. um that, well you know, if you want to call it that <laughs> hey that fog machine <laughs> its part of that show <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, like, there was a lot of there was a lot of sex and violence. I
3: suppose
0: <laughs> yes. it's a yes. soap opera it's for a high school, school drama. drama. Yeah, absolutely.
7: Yeah, right. Allison
6: definitely had kissing scenes, and more than she probably would have liked. And <laughs> I I remember her and Justin in uh in um in the apartment that he buys her, which is like <laughs> a whole other thing, which is like wow. <laughs>
2: hey so, uh, so did w- did any was there any romance on the set i mean i'm sorry i, I don't want to get too gossipy but <laughs> did any relationships or anything come about uh, after or were you guys none. all
6: pretty kosher okay all right none whatsoever none yeah. nope.
7: <laughs> 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 we all spent a lot of time together for sure uh, there were some couples that were couples
0: yeah i was three, gonna say like
7: even before the show
0: that's like that's then, the yes, weird thing about yeah. it, like seeing that, like, because like I dated, Dina you know, at the time. And that's so like right. seeing those like scenes where we're like kissing and stuff, I'm like,
3: oh, it's a little, it's a little intimate. It's yeah. just yeah.
2: acting, baby. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> this is my job.
0: I think it's funny because it was
1: like, hey, I'm going to do this. You're my boyfriend or girlfriend. So you will also, yeah. if you want to <laughs> hang out on a Saturday, you will also participate. <laughs> right? You'll probably have yeah. <laughs> There
7: was yeah, a lot it, of that for sure.
2: Definitely no method acting.
7: (laughs) Like
6: looking back on the scenes, I really liked the ones between Gina and Chris. I thought like the emotion was very genuine. And it's probably because it was, it was real. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I thought they were the best couple. And and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's like like the one scene where you guys are on the hallway steps and it's so simple and it's so innocent. And I thought it was it really captured what a couple was like in high school and um, it wasn't fabricated. It was it felt really real. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I was going to say that that's the thing that was really cool about it is like is is those everything felt so real. Like it's like it's like the other kids in school or the teachers like kind of had an idea that oh, those guys are just doing that show. And so they would just be natural in the background. Like they weren't like, you know, like, cause that's such a yeah. pain in the butt, is like people like staring at the camera and doing those types of things. But everybody kind of played ball when they saw us with our cameras rolling around
3: campus, like.
0: It's uh, true. It's cool.
7: And I remember getting out of Coach Ogle's history class every single day. <laughs> Coach Ogle, I've got a film. All right, go ahead. Cheer it easy for something. I was, sure. it was smart
1: of you to ask because i would just not go to the class and go right, to right same like
0: and me, and then, me and tj out. had like yeah, many many I, many I, hours to make up
1: i did start asking eventually after i got in trouble the first two weeks of missing english uh, uh
6: yes.
1: then i started asking and then it was okay but yeah that was smart of you to
6: ask <laughs> it there was no it big deal they were like
1: yeah sure whatever
6: yeah, we would even go into the class while they were having class, and we would film it. But w- there was a scene with Allison, and in, in in her classroom, and it was actually her class, and it may have actually the class may have actually already been going on, and we were filming her in class. It was crazy.
7: Yeah, they, people were cool about it. I wonder if today it would be the same. I it felt like a you know, I guess it was a different time, but people, you know, the the teachers were supportive and. Obviously, you know, Mr. Reisner was, you know, it was like an open door, you know, do your thing. You know, as long as I don't get an angry parent call, we're good. Yeah. And <laughs> we just, we were able to do a lot of stuff. I and mean, we went everywhere. I, you know, in the second season, we actually went and filmed at South Fork Ranch. I don't know, Chris, if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, no,
0: I was going to actually mention that. That was so cool. Like, how did you swing that? Uh,
7: they we just asked we just said hey we have this tv show is it okay they're like yeah just come on a off day you guys can use this ballroom yes. and we got a bunch of stuff donated for the party so it looked like oh my a gosh. party and then everybody dressed up in yeah. their ball gowns and tuxedos so cool. and i look back and i'm like i'm just i'm just you know amazed that everybody you know, participated in that way. Like all the kids, all the parents, adults. I mean, we just were able to do a lot of stuff. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and for the audience, she is referring to South Fork Ranch, which was featured in the globally sensational Dallas, you know, and... You know, it's about, I don't know, five minutes away or 10 minutes away from Allen. You know, we have it in our backyard, the South Fork Ranch that was used for the iconic uh, Dallas TV show. And, you know, you talk about different times. We didn't have cell phones back then. You know, the most advanced technology we had were pagers. So to get a <laughs> like this and to get everybody on one you know uh, page i mean how did you guys you know do some of that and how many cast members did you have in totality
1: i remember one time uh we were filming the south america dream episode i had my mom's cell phone and my mom's minivan and me and jared <laughs> me and jared drove around and picked people up you remember that Jared? we drove around to people's houses and like knocked on their doors and was like get in we're going to go film as long
6: as, long as you have one cell phone as long as someone in the crew has one cell phone with minutes have one moving vehicle right you can you can rule the world <laughs>
2: especially on the, especially on a weekend when the minutes were free. Okay, you didn't have to right. worry about that. During right? the day, oh man, hey, we got to make this phone call like sixty seconds or less. Go.
6: <laughs> like, I remember filming like all day, and people were like, "We're hungry," and I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't even think about that. We didn't like, right. have, like <laughs> pack like packed lunches. We didn't have like a catering crew. No, no. So, so we would just all go to Wendy's or something and we would, you know, line up and I was like, okay, well, what are you having? What are you having? What are you having? And that was...
2: <laughs> yeah. So Dean was the shuttle, you know, you miss out on a catering. Yeah, if you could go back in time, you just, like, you need somebody to cater the entire thing. Like, Bubba's barbecue or
0: something. I
2: jump in well, that's and-
0: actually, honestly, sometimes that's how we'd swing. be like, well, we are hungry. Uh, let's see if we can right. find him here. Give a <laughs> right. meal. Yeah.
6: Get a free meal and actually shoot. <laughs> nice. Uh, pizza alone is enough to, yeah, is to bring people in, to bring talent in. Oh, for sure. So.
7: That's, I'm sure that's part of how we got people to come with us on the Saturday morning. We'll feed you later. Just come do this. We have scenes today. Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. You know, if everyone
6: had had a cell phone, I don't know that we would have been as productive you know so people are so consumed with their cell phones today maybe it was the better that we didn't have them we were you know we were focused on each other and there was a it was more uh interpersonal it was more uh closer we were closer together as a result sure
0: well um after after you graduated you you went off to school and you kind of um were able to take the next step you did it uh did a, another drama? Is that is that right? I've seen some footage of
6: it. Yeah. Um, so I was, like I said, when Justin and Allison took over the second season, uh, I was kind of jealous. I was like, and and I had just kind of gotten into it and got the ball rolling, and I was kind of upset that I wasn't there to help continue it on, and uh, and and they were doing such a good job too. So it was even that much more kind of upsetting. So I was like, well, what if I go and do another show and come up with another concept? And that's what I did. And the, the name of the show originally was called Eagle Crest. I don't know if anyone, yeah. And um, I was going to get certain people involved. And I remember, what's her name? Keisha? Oh, yeah. Uh, Logan. Keisha Hogan? Keisha Logan. Hogan. Hogan. Keisha Hogan.
3: Yes, mm-hmm.
6: Keisha Hogan was going to help me with uh, the sh- show. I think she, we're going to get her to direct, and it was going to be another show separate from Alan. It was kind mm-hmm. of like a. It started off as like a spinoff. Okay, where I was where I was going to take characters from Alan. I was going to steal characters mm-hmm. from Alan. Of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Like I I think I think what was going to happen was like Tina Cat. Kat Cates who played Tina she was going to um lose her memory and in an accident and she gets amnesia and she goes and becomes a part of another family another rich family (laughs) we should all be so lucky (laughs) (laughs) yes and and Keisha and I had gone and looked at mansions and we were going to get a a whole nother mansion aside from (laughs) Windchase, and it was crazy, and Alan was going to have some competition. Wow. <laughs> you know, there was going to be, yeah. I don't it's remember like I'm this at all. Against... When did you do this? Well, because it never happened. <laughs> I mean, it never, it never happened in Allen. And uh, we, we had tried, and we got, we, we were still in the pre-production phase, but then I decided to go back to college. Uh, I decided to go to college oh, okay. in, at Florida State in Tallahassee. And, um, so I took that idea and implemented it there and it became its own thing, mm-hmm. but there are like parallels yeah. with that show and Alan, like, you know, there would be lines that would, would get in. And it was, it was kind of like a, uh, a long lost sister of Alan nice. and it, uh, at that point I was able to go digital and I, do, I still did the same thing. I still incorporated actors from theater. Actors that I still keep in touch with today, to this day.
3: Nice.
6: And, and started my own thing there. But the difference between that show and Alan was that I did take it uh, more seriously and so it became more uh, difficult to pull off. It became more, uh, it became more of an ordeal. And so that's why I was only able to get so far with it. But the system that we had in place for Alan was really um, a godsend. I mean, the, the department that we had and the people that we had involved, I think that's what promoted its longevity. And that only comes around every so often.
1: Sure. Okay, so J- Justin and Allison yes. uh, took over... In ninety nine, two thousand, our uh-huh. senior year after Jared left, how many episodes did you do that year?
7: I think we did three or four. Ah, uh, I have to look back. I haven't. I haven't looked at those in a while.
1: Because I know we um, were working on our show, and we got one episode out.
0: <laughs> yeah, we only got one hour. before Christmas. <laughs> oh, but,
7: yeah. Well, what happened with Jared? You know, we learned a lot from that process he got a lot of footage and we tried to be more careful about how much we re we redid things. We didn't want to stress people out. You know, we had the season before, which was great, but there were a lot of redos. And so we became pickier and it became an issue of, we aren't getting as much material at this point. Mm -hmm. So we, and then, you know, there were intrigues and (laughs) behind-the-scenes drama occurred in that year. Well, both years. It got pretty dramatic. (laughs) Because you throw a whole bunch of creative teenagers together and watch what happens there. Um, It it, it definitely got messy. The the work kept us together. Friendships kept us together. But there was a lot pulling everybody every which way. I remember, though, that the audition process for the second year of Allen was impressive because we we had the new studio and we had a ton of people wanting to be on the show, which was so cool. I mean, we had we were we were turning people away, which I don't you know I wasn't expecting that, but we had a ton of people that were um, involved. Uh, but yeah, I think we only got a few episodes out. Jared, you you might know better than I do on that. Um, I think we maybe got yeah. three good solid episodes is that all we did it might have been
6: I, no the, I, there were more I, i'm pretty sure there were at least four. Oh, and, yeah i thought uh, there's
7: maybe a fourth yes i've got them somewhere i need to go <laughs> back through and look um i still quote lines from alan <laughs> nice. I, I, guess, I still do Nice.
2: You know. <laughs> uh, Ali, please tell me you have all your VHS. If they need to be digitized, I will take care of that and digitize. I,
7: yes, please. <laughs> I do need that. Um, okay,
2: yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, we'll after the show, we'll uh, I'll get your information and we'll yeah. uh, digitize it. But I still was have it, my
7: box of tapes. Yes. Oh,
2: <laughs> my God. You are a godsend. I need all of those tapes. I'm digitizing them. Okay. And, uh, you got it. Did, so you talk about drama. Did anybody ever, like, storm off of set? You know, like, you know, we'll do it in a... We'll do it live. We'll Lance. do it live. And then just... Lance for sure stormed <laughs> off set I don't know how many
0: times uh, that I, I can recall, for sure. <laughs> it,
6: it was great. I loved it when people did that. I, I was like, it's, it's even better. It, it hypes up <laughs> the drama. It, it, it makes it that much more um, buzzworthy. For sure. Well, I and either I got
7: it, fired or quit. <laughs> uh, the first season, Jared and I got into it and I, I think I stormed off, but then was fired for my <laughs> attitude. And was yes. written off, Brit or Brittany Foster was kidnapped and never seen again until- <laughs> right. the Until 19.
0: she came back and took over the show.
7: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right, yes. right. That is you know, awesome. It's like, it's like
6: none of that had been pre-planned, but it was so cool when it did happen because it took the show in a different direction. And when Allison left, it was like there was an even better reason to have a second season because I was trying to wrap it all up.
3: Mm-hmm. But
6: the fact that she, we had kind of like killed her off or scared her <laughs> off, that was, that was a, what better incentive for there to be a second season. And I'm, I mean, it probably couldn't have happened any other way.
1: Yeah, good job, yeah, guys. Really good. You guys fought yourself all the way into a second season.
7: <laughs> yes. That's right. Well, Jared and I were you know, we were really close friends and it, I think it became intense and we both yes. became really involved in this. <clears throat> yeah, I mean we, um,
0: everybody loved the show, especially you, you guys loved the show, so that
7: makes sense that, yeah.
0: you know, some of those feelings yeah. would, would get a little harder.
6: It's proof that we, were, that we were really invested in it. You know, both of us, everyone was really invested in it. yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was something emotional and it wasn't always easy to handle. I remember after Reisner telling me we couldn't do that one episode, I remember like storming out of the oh, studio yeah. myself.
2: You were pissed. And
6: yes. Well, I was pissed, and, but I was emotionally like upset because I had put so much work and effort. Yeah. But then, you know, you go home. And I remember reading the news and watching television. Everyone across the nation was doing that. uh, Episodes were being Mm -hmm. pulled and yanked. And and it wasn't just me. It was like everyone. And I kind of had to step back and see the big picture and realize, you know, oh, this is bigger than me. But we were were kind of in line with that, you know, Mm -hmm. having dealt with violence and issues. And I'm glad that we had that opportunity to go through those obstacles, to face those obstacles. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you guys, yeah, you guys
2: were so intense that I didn't even want to audition for the show because I knew how much time you guys invested. And I'm like, listen, if, if I'm going to be i could just see myself getting emotionally attached man so i'm gonna just sidestep it if they write me in great but no you guys were seriously intense uh i remember you guys would be filming something with reisner and then you guys would be about to cut and i would just jump in they're like reisner there's a fire going out <laughs> and, and you're like dude what are you doing like, I, just,
6: I just gotta get a little bit in man i just gotta get something in.
3: <laughs> yeah um
6: It was great. There were so many people on the show. And I thought the more the merrier because it made it that much more real. And that's why I was kind of open to it, even though it didn't necessarily make sense to bring this person on and bring that person on. It just made it that much more real that you had like a real high school. It wasn't just a set with like a few people. It was like we were going in and out of locations. And it it was um, a way to explore. You know, and to and to capture the environment, and uh, that's what kind of made it really cool.
1: Something and- that I I would do after my Allen experience uh, and just the whole high school broadcasting thing is when I was a cameraman for an, the news, and they would send me out to shoot B roll at some college of get overweight people walking, so we can do a health.
0: That's literally health story. Just, that was like an, no. an assignment. <laughs> yeah, crazy. always. Oh. And
1: so. So I would put the camera on the tripod and then just like an Alan, I would be the person walking put myself (laughs) into the B roll. And so I would be in news packages all the time, (laughs) just kind of like secretly. And I was like, this is exactly what I used to do when I worked on Alan is I would be this guy walking around in the background.
6: (laughs) Right. Dean was there in the very first episode when we show Jason and Tina and uh, Jason and Tina are a couple, Jim Perry had kids, and they're kind of uncomfortable uh, being seen at school because uh, they were from two, like, feuding families. It was kind of like they were Romeo and Juliet. And the first person they run into is Dean. I and
5: Dean,
6: yeah, Dean is like, uh, he's like, uh, what I, I think what you're doing is cool. you guys you guys are really you guys are really you guys are really brave you know being seen with each other in high school and uh and it was like oh he was like their first sign of support when everyone else on the show was against them Mm -hmm. and uh, he was just uh walking around in the in the high school uh, without any uh, textbooks, without a book bag. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> very natural, very natural. Well, Alison, no
1: time for props because I had to carry all the equipment
0: in between. <laughs> it's true. Um, you know, Allison, I have a question for you. Like, uh, looking back on it, like, I can't remember, like, were you doing the music stuff way back in that?
7: Yes, in fact, if you, um, in the South Fork Ranch episode, Brittany Foster is playing guitar with Alex Marshall, who, um, what was his? He was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Mm. He played a psychiatrist. Yes, but but Brittany Foster and the psychiatrist were the musical talent <laughs> at the party. So I had. Um,
1: yeah, my his, psychiatrist was, plays guitar too, so that makes sense. <laughs>
7: well, and naturally, he's coming to your stuff. You guys are doing gigs together. Uh, yeah, so I was, you know, probably gravitating more in that area. I I wrote the scripts, but uh, Justin was definitely more interested in the technical aspects of editing. So mm-hmm. I would write the script, we would direct together, he would basically edit with me, you know, popping in and saying, oh, I think this works or change yeah. this or we'd work together on that. But uh, the music I was really uh, interested in, of course, we only had this catalog of Public domain right. soundscapes to use, so it was always like these vibey, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, but 90s
0: style recording. music.
7: <laughs> yes, yeah, just just you know, Legend of Zelda. That's what I always remember. <laughs> like Legend of Zelda was always you know the. So if you listen to the music of some of that, but uh I had been recording uh, in the studio uh, in my teen years, and so I had some uh songs that my mom had written, original songs, and I was doing all the vocals for. So we were able to use those because it was our music instead of all the legend of Zelda. So I was <laughs> I was you know trying to work my my musical self into the show a little bit more in little ways that I could. Awesome. Um and do you guys remember Jared? You'll know who did it but the Allen
0: oh Alan song? song? Yeah. Yeah, oh, Matt, yeah, Matt, Yeah, uh, Matt. I'm trying to remember yes. his last name. Matt something. Matt Milstead. Mil- Mil- is, is it Milstead? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. came,
4: he
0: came up with that O'Allen oh, song, and I used that for my music video right. um, in yeah, one uh, of the competitions we went I don't know to.
6: whether... It's A or B, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah! Yes. Oh,
7: memories fade
6: away. Nice. Oh wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was
7: kind of a green day. I hope you have the time of your life. So yeah.
3: Bang
0: cool.
7: Homage. Like, it was even, very you
0: know, 90s. It was a, yeah. it was a great yeah. signature though, uh, you know, in that season. I think we added it like maybe halfway through that season is when we got that song. Yeah. And I think it was a really cool yes. signature to the end of the show.
7: Well, and you right. know, Alan was—it was a launching pad for a lot of stuff. And I think at what it showed, yes. the other kids at school is, listen, if this group of weirdos can make something, <laughs> for sure. you can too. There's, right. you know, I oh, like that's what I carried with me. It was like, why not us? I, Jared just right. came out of nowhere to me. I had never met anybody who thought I'm going to make a soap opera about kids running a construction company. And, it's, you know,
3: yeah.
7: and it, to me, it was just like, what, huh? <laughs> it's, it's crazy.
3: Yeah. But I talk-
7: it made it possible <laughs> for <laughs> all of us to say, I think it just launched a lot of people into some cool directions.
2: You're absolutely right. Because I remember watching what you guys are doing my junior year and thinking, Oh my God, they're having too much fun. I'm quitting, you know, student council and all these other bogus. crap. I'm going to make sure that my time is used really, really wisely. And you know, I I came in that and I, and I just started producing content, uh, just like you guys where we were all fighting to get on the avid. And so, If, if there was one thing that I could do differently would be, I wish I could have started my whole journalism career a lot earlier and put out more stuff. Yes. And Ali, I don't know if you're, there's any you know, wishes that you would have had uh, back then.
7: I don't know. I mean, I guess I just think it kind of went down the way it did. And I'm grateful that we had the experience. But you know what I do wish? I wish that we had had better audio.
3: Because <laughs> yes.
7: we lost so many good scenes because mm. the, the wind, was, yeah. it just blew right. away the, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, why and did not we have a boom
0: heartache. mic? We had all that right. stuff and we had no boom mic. Right. No well, windstopper. We, we have- just no, we had like a, a long we had like a long mic, but it was like somebody was literally like having to hide
6: under <laughs> stuff yeah. like, like nobody <laughs>
1: wanted to duct tape that thing to a stick. Well, yeah. Like we and
6: even even when we did have the mic, no one wanted to hold that. No <laughs> one wanted to like sit there and hold that. And <laughs> that's true. That's you know true. who's the best?
1: The best sound guy ever is TJ, because he's 6'4. Yes. He never gets the boom in the shot. That's great. He always eye. held the boom for us on all of our all of our videos and all of great. our short films that we've made. TJ is the best sound guy just because he has that high angle where he can put his <laughs> long tree arms up,
2: the boom never gets in the shot. If only we
1: had we known. We should about have
6: that. had TJ hold the mic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you should have got some freshmen.
2: You should have got some freshmen and me, like,
0: okay. I know. Initiation. I know.
6: We could have totally <laughs> used that. Um but well, uh
0: you guys yeah. catch us up on what's uh what's going on? Like what's what's life like now
3: with teachers?
6: Well, um I had kind of had like a similar Allen experience working with uh college students. I was um I had like a short stint where I was uh, teaching college students uh, editing, like Avid editing and Premiere editing. And so they would, of course, the college kids go out, you know, out and about and they film their own things and they bring the footage back to the studio and then they're they're editing and I'm kind of standing over their shoulder. And it reminded me of Alan because it was just great. It's just kids going out and uh, playing with their imagination. And so I've been very fortunate and that those are probably one of the most, those are the most enjoyable jobs that I've had is working with students who are learning filmmaking
5: awesome.
6: and how to tell a story. You know, um, I've worked with uh, like professional crews and on professional teams and uh, that's an education in itself, but there's nothing better than working with students and seeing what they bring back, you know, uh, d- bring back to edit and, and bring back their stories to tell. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to get back into teaching at some point. I think it's just good to to be a part of. And Allison, you've even um, had experience teaching uh, students with uh, with music, right? With music. Yeah. Listening. So
7: yes, I currently have about thirty-eight students that I teach. Bye. I teach. Uh, voice, guitar, piano, and ukulele. And recently published uh, a book with my husband called Ukulele for Girls through Hal Leonard. And we had to shoot the video. uh, So there's like a DVD or you you can download a code when you buy the book and um, it's me <clears throat> on screen, once again, yes. uh, explaining <laughs> how to play Taylor Swift and uh, Katy yeah. Perry songs on ukulele. So, nice. um, yes, so that's what I do. I'm uh, primarily a music teacher now and uh, then also have a band. And we, uh, well, before the coronavirus took it all away, we were touring around the um, Texas and Oklahoma, Tennessee, uh, doing music. So um, I don't find myself acting that often anymore. Although, I, you know, I'd really love to get back into it, especially like musical theater. So, I, you know, the experiences definitely have informed, you know, my actual adult life, you know, all of that. Uh, those experiences and um, filming is maybe not quite as fun anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's probably more productive and all that good stuff. We get a lot done in a short period of time. So yeah, that's what, that's what I do. It's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you made yeah. that. You mentioned filming. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. If you just look at the end of a movie and all the credits that come up and you're like, man, what can all of those people possibly do? But you mentioned like the the, the boom mic guy. I mean, that's his job is just to hold the boom mic. You got a catering company, which is just their job to make sure everybody's fed, you know, the grip, the best boy, you know, all this stuff and aspects and you guys are literally trying to do the jobs of a thousand people which is. Four people filming that day so yes
6: uh, like I remember shooting scenes where you know because someone had to film it and because someone maybe someone had to hold the boom mic we weren't even acting opposite someone like we the camera was on us and we were acting <laughs> but you weren't talking to anyone and, and, and we would cheat it we would like <laughs> cut it together because that person wasn't available and then we filmed mm. that that person later and then we cut it together it was crazy <laughs> because no. we were we were very shorthanded. i mean it was it was really a matter of it was me grabbing one person a camera and maybe another person and going out and shooting a scene it was very oh. guerrilla style yeah
0: <laughs> i feel like that's what we maybe were inspired by or learned a lot ourselves and we were able to implement in our own work uh was a lot of that the lessons we learned while doing that stuff just having like i said that ingenuity to try to figure it out um with what the, with the tools or the people uh, that you have in place uh, and just make it work, you got. And so,
3: yeah,
0: uh, you definitely inspired us uh, to, to, to to throw our hat in the ring and, and do like a comedy show. And then after that, we did some short films and stuff like that. Uh, basically, again, inspired by all the work that we did together. So uh, it's very exciting. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I mean, um, and Chris, I specifically remember you and Benny, the character of Benny on the show, and when I go back and I watch the episodes, I feel like, you know, your character really, like, evolves. Like, because you start out, like, really sweet and nice. You know, with with, with, with Gina, um, who played Tristan, and then you kind of evolve into this bad guy. And it's great. It's awesome. I love it. And it's like, I only wish that we had, had we had used you more and shot more with you i mean it's it's that that's the case with a lot of people i I felt like you were very underutilized and i was like well he could have been capable of doing this and he could have been we could have showed him as a villain you know doing this
1: yeah we had uh, no idea what an asshole you could be until later
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i'll tell you what i
6: I did win an award for best villain so uh
0: I, i utilized the time that i had to my my best abilities for sure
3: Right. It was so much fun. Like, but I had those.
0: I had those moments. So I had those. That scene with with uh, with Jim, you know, and I had those moments with with Gina. And there's there's a lot of cool moments that each each of us had with other other actors or friends. And, uh, that's what was really cool about that show. And then I, to right. go back and when you sent that stuff out, we got to like kind of uh, rewatch a lot of that, that footage, yeah. man. It just brought up so many memories and just really made me feel proud about being a part of that.
6: Yeah, I mean, you played off of everyone very well. The chemistry between you and Jim, you and Gina, there were scenes between you and Allison. I thought you and Allison were great, um, uh, great be- at being at odds with each other. <laughs> you know, like, it was great. Like you were the one, uh, or you were supposed to be the one in the back seat of the car. That's the kidnap, that right? Or that you strangled her mm-hmm. and you scare her away from, from Alan. That's right. Even though everyone, even though everyone blames me, it was really you that strangled <laughs> her. <on. laughs> so our hands. And, and, and that was able to carry over. That was able to carry over into the second season, which was great. I mean, I, I think you were replaced halfway, but still.
3: Yeah,
0: no, that was really cool, though, too, because though, I think um, to look back at, uh, I think maybe it was, like, one of the, the videos you shared, but it had, like, different, uh, all the different characters in it. And so, like, there was, like, three different, bari- like, can- like many Cantrells, and there was, like, a couple of different <laughs> yes. those people, yes. a couple of different those people. That was, that was really fun, though. I think that was
6: really fun about that. All, all, I remember all coming back after college. After Justin and Allison took over, and like half of the cast had been recast, and I'm like, <laughs> I, and, and, and I was, I would, I, I was, I was in an episode, and I was trying to act, and I remember, it's like, okay, well, who's who's the new Lance? Who's the new? <laughs> who's oh, the yeah. new in this character? He <laughs> was great. It was great, though. It's like, how many, uh, how many shows have that opportunity? Where they get to the point where they start recasting <laughs> actors. I mean, right. we, the, the evolution of the show. Sometimes really it great. happens,
0: but it's usually just like one character. No, we're, we're, we did get it like right. three, three or four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're all like, well, he came back from the dead, but he had surgery on his face. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you understand. When I'm the aliens came. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's awesome. They, I mean, they did
1: it with Roseanne and Becky. Right. So exactly. why not? Right. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Right. So, um, so, any chance yeah. at maybe a reboot? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, to that, is there anything left open ended that you never got a chance to close? Like, Ali, you said you made four oh. shows at the end. Like, what what needs to be what, what closure needs to be made whenever you guys well, do there,
6: the reboot? Everything was left open. There was no closure.
7: There was <laughs> <laughs> because and after I so so Jared graduated. Justin and I took over the show. Then I graduated, and Justin, I think, did one episode that next year because he was a year behind us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think I ever saw that episode. I don't know what happened. You know, I I don't know where we're at. But we have talked about a reunion. We've we've discussed it.
6: Yes. um, From what I remember, even Justin's episode, I think I watched it once, Mm -hmm. and things were left open. Things weren't concluded, and when Allison left, things were uh, were, were there were mysteries still. You know, uh, what what happened to this person? What happened to that character? So there's definitely uh, opportunity to like resolve those and conclude those storylines if like anyone remembers.
1: I would like to end it the way that Lost was ended. Everyone was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I think that will wrap it up nicely. Just a, a good 10 minute video of everyone waking up in a fiery inferno. Of, you know, yes. I'm like, oh, high school was hell uh, <laughs>
6: yes. yeah, this that's whole right. time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think it would be hilarious if we just all went back in our, you know, our late thirties and forties and played high school students. Like we just go into an empty high school.
7: I do need an
1: excuse to wear jinkos again.
6: How, how many <laughs> yes. schools are? How many high schools are empty right now? It's like we yeah. could probably do it. We could probably go in. Oh wow! And the yeah. point. Yeah, and we could just go in and film. Yes. And be high school students. White like, <laughs> <live in laughs> jeans and
7: hemp necklaces and yes, yeah. maroon <laughs> lipstick comes back. I'm in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Starter
2: jackets. Starter jackets. Oh yeah, so.
6: Let's bring it all back. Mm-hmm. Yes the fashion yeah is really there uh I yeah Allison you brought up like the yeah the jinko jeans there are all these things that were there those
7: jeans (laughs) they were like that wide you know it's just like yeah we were cool we were really cool everyone
6: was everyone was very grungy everyone had long
7: hair I had long hair you had
6: long hair great yes did you long I mean, like, long
2: hair. <laughs> yes. Did you ever have to, like, say, no, you need to go back to wardrobe because I do not, you know, like what you're wearing?
6: I think I we're think just happy people showed up. I <laughs> didn't do, do that. That was our problem because we didn't do that. We didn't yeah. turn people away. <laughs> or like,
0: it was like the, co- the continuity. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that
6: person's wearing that shirt. Oh, they took the
0: back.
6: Yes, I remember editing scenes with. I remember editing scenes, and Kat was sitting right next to me. And she leaned over and she just goes, You, you, you can't show that episode. You can't show this scene in this episode. I'd be like, Why, Kat? She goes, Because I'm wearing. What I wore in the last episode, (laughs) 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 and it was because we would shoot multiple scenes in one day. We Mm -hmm. would try to like shoot multiple scenes, and the characters were wearing the same clothes, so (laughs) we jumped around all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the last episode of my season, we were still using scenes that we had shot months earlier. It was crazy. It was crazy. So guys, let's
0: let's um one one thing that we like to do is uh we like to end every episode with a moment of inspiration. So a couple of things. I would love you to kind of share your either your favorite memory uh from the show and then let us know what your inspiration for this week would be. What inspired you this week, and then we'll we'll wrap it up from there, guys. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Hey, why don't you go first, Chris?
0: Okay, so my favorite uh see my favorite memory of Alan, uh, the TV show, um, was uh, just, like, just like you said, you know, just like being the, the, all the stuff that led up to the shooting, all the driving around, all the carpooling, all the meetups, um, you know, all, all the stuff that led up to the filming. And then obviously the filming was great too, but all that stuff that, that was where we really made those memories. And, and I really fell in love with the process of filming very well. That's, that's that's what I hold dear to my heart. And then, um, again, as far as, like, inspiration, you know, Jared, I think you're, you're a great inspiration to me as far as, like I said, like, in the beginning of me trying to do any kind of production or, or uh, film work uh, definitely came from those those first opportunities and going to those auditions, going to the audition uh, with Dean to try to be in A Christmas Carol and then coming back and trying to get an Alan, uh And just having those first experiences, like, we're – really influenced my, you know, my whole, uh, love
3: of film.
6: Thank you for that. Oh yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear. Um, it's great. I mean, I I would have to say, um, yeah, that that was the beauty of the whole show and that's why I'm very fortunate is that it was, it wasn't just something for me, it was something where others can get involved too. And you can't underestimate that, uh, that window that you open up. And uh, that's why we shouldn't be afraid to, you know, pursue such opportunities. The The worst thing that can happen is that you fail. And what better uh, a lesson than to fail? Like I've learned so much from things that didn't work out. And I think we all should do that. We should all take more risks and um, pursue more uh, pursue more, um, I don't know, ventures where we get to explore our creativity. I mean, there were so many cool things that happened on the show. I'm trying to remember like just one. Um, I mean, I think in the very beginning we went out to a ranch. We went out to, um, it was, uh, the original South Fork. It wasn't the South Fork where they filmed the show. It was the South Fork where Um, that was from their pilot of the original show and uh, the house had burned down, but there was still like a horse stable and it was still kind of like a ranch. And it was like, I want to say it was like 10 of us. And we were all packed into Gina's uh, tracker. She had a geo tracker. (laughs) What was that? Was that the car? Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, what, we, we i mean it, that was crazy we were all passing this <laughs> car i mean like we were like i was you know and we were like leaning over each other and you open up the door and we just like pile up <laughs> and i mean that was priceless that was just like you can't go back and redo that that was pretty cool and we, and we go out onto the ranch and we were trying to get on horses and we were filming that and we were we were, um, I think I stepped,
0: on, I stepped <laughs> yeah. on an ant pile. I stepped on an ant pile, and I had to remove my pants yes. in front of everybody because they literally, <laughs> like, my legs were covered with ants.
6: <laughs> yes, I mean that, that. All that stuff's priceless. You can't redo that. Chris stepping into ants and then capturing that on film, and it was it was like a really nice, uh, happy day. I remember. You know, even though it wasn't the best of circumstances and we weren't the most prepared, it was fun, you know. And uh, and so I'm glad that we had that and we could branch off of that and go from there. Um, and uh, I, just thinking back on that, that, that inspires me. And just seeing what others can produce from nothing is inspiring, you know, how you can take the seed and let that grow and do your own thing. The fact that uh, you got you guys have put together this podcast is pretty cool, you know, in a time like this. I think you're really, um, you're really doing it at an ideal time, you know, where you can explore this avenue, uh, you know, and uh, find the opportunity in that. So that's very inspiring.
7: Oh, uh, so um, I think one of my favorite memories is when a bunch of us came back the summer after I graduated and filmed the Scream spoof uh, with Jared um, to come back. And it felt like we were, um, you know, recapturing the magic of what we wanted before. To me, Alan was like, this special thing that it made me feel like I was part of a club. I was part of this group, and a lot of us were kind of misfits in our own ways. But we had Alan. You you had friends because you were going and filming with them, uh, and you had something to do. And I, you know, that was really important. And so when we all came back together, I, we knew it was goodbye. We knew that was probably the last time we were gonna do that. And so we were all like trying to get it all in. Yeah. So the screen stuff was definitely the most risque and outrageous, <laughs> just crazy stuff that we ever did. Because we, you know, we knew we have to get all this out. And um so yeah, that was it was all great. It was all great. I, you know, I always felt like really privileged to have that experience in high school and it's not something that a lot of people get. So I, I just feel like it informed a lot and it, and what I was most inspired by and it still is something that I carry with me is why not us? If, if Jerry can create the show out of nothing, why can't you do whatever you're wanting to do? You know, right. because if you have enough passion, that's going to feed, that's going to feed things for a long time. And it's not necessarily the most talented person or the, you know, whatever. It's the one that's got the persistence. They're the people that are creating stuff, you know, talent gets you only so far, but persistence, those are the people that are actually creating and producing and doing something. And you get better as you go, you know. So that, you know, that just never left. That that's helped me make a lot of decisions. Yeah. And this is really cool. I'm glad you guys are doing this. This is great. I love it.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys so much uh, for coming on with us, man. This has been a, a really good time. Um, yeah. Great. All right. I'm cool. going to tell
1: my favorite uh, story to tell because it's super embarrassing, and I don't know if anybody remembers this. Yeah. Because it was just Let's super embarrassing to me. Okay. <laughs> So we were doing the um, the the dream sequence, the dream episode, and we're uh, fighting on the uh, water waterfall. And I, at one point, I had to jump off the waterfall, and uh, I don't think I was wearing the appropriate swimwear.
6: No, so, <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us were. I don't no, think any of us. Were. I
1: don't think we had planned to jump off the waterfall until I was like, "Oh, there's a waterfall. Someone's yeah. jumping off." So. I was wearing some light colored shorts and some ill-fitting boxers.
3: Yes. I hit the water,
1: the light colored shorts become see-through. <laughs> yes. Ill-fitting boxers fly is open yes. and I come out of the water and Devony is staring right at me and I'm positive that I'm exposed. Now at the time it bothered it it I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then but then during college i had no problems being naked in front of everyone so <laughs> uh
6: and, and we, we we have that clip let's show it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, Jared, I, point, we have the footage yeah
2: i think we had uh uh the the edit right like a michael scott edit. We blurted out we learned how to use that part of the uh avid
6: <laughs> um yeah i don't think anyone was wearing the proper swimwear and and i think there was a snake Like like in in that, in that pond. I mean, and I remember asking Justin, I was like, you got to get in the water too. He's like, I'm not getting that water. Are you crazy? I'm not going in. And he didn't go in. He wasn't, he wasn't like us. Like like I just, I'll just jump in.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Well, cool. I'll go next. Um, One thing that was inspiring was just the resilience all of you guys had in making this show. I mean, from... I tried doing a sports show uh, after seeing everybody's shows. I was like, I want to do this, and just writing a script and knowing what to put in it is tough enough, in it, in and it of itself. So for you guys to be writing all the time, and then that right there was just uh, amazing. And I know at sometimes we felt like self conscious, like, what are people going to say? Are they going to joke? But at the end, you know, we really did have all the power. You know, I, I would get teased by some of the the football players, you know, about you know whatever it was doing with journalism. But at the very end, I had the final say because, you know what? I'm going to report on whether you guys win or lose. Uh, (laughs) Right. Going down. And so what you guys were doing, I don't know if you guys really took time to embellish in the fame that you guys had. I mean, you guys were local. Y'all were local stars, Uh, whether you like to admit it or not. I mean, you guys were on TV. People knew you if you went down you know, the grocery aisle, folks were going to know. Yes. Words, so, um, cool. I, that was awesome, man. And so the Jared, thing, I mean, the mean, inspired a lot.
6: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is if people are, are poking fun at us or teasing us about it, at least they're watching. Yeah. It's like, it's proof that they're watching. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, I mean, like, I think I had a water balloon thrown at me once <laughs> oh, God. and like I was jogging in my neighborhood and had a water balloon thrown to me and the guy rolls down the window and goes, live and let die. (laughs) 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 It's like... It's, it's like, great. That's awesome.
2: That was so awesome that you took the time to fill a water balloon and, and go out of your way to bully me. That is
3: great. You saw the
6: show. Thank you. Oh, I, I, couldn't, okay. I couldn't have asked for better exposure. I mean, that was great. You can't buy exposure like that. Heck no. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd do it all over again in a heartbeat. You know, okay. the, the whole show in itself is kind of like an underdog and that's what was kind of inspiring about it it's not just its characters it's not just its cast its crew it's it's the it's the medium that, that is like the underdog and us just simply trying to tell a story and um, that's why i'll always look back on it very fondly and um, and it's that that's what why it's always been special you know and that's why i go back and revisit it and i've shown it to people and though it's not perfect and people have said, Oh my God, you know, you didn't have this, you didn't have good sounds. People have admitted, I wish that I had had something like this in high school. You know, I wish that I had done something like this and that's not something you can go back and easily redo. And so the fact that we were able to do it, it's just, it's great. You, you know, you can't take away from that. That's, that's priceless.
1: Absolutely. It's my favorite story to tell about the high school I went to, <laughs> to people that like, Oh, Alan, they have the big, the big school, the big football stadium, all that stuff. It's like, yeah. But when I was in high school, there was a student produced soap opera based loosely on yep. Dallas, the TV show. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, it was so much fun. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how much fun it was. And that's my favorite thing to talk about from high school is the soap opera that you guys worked on. It's my favorite thing to tell about
4: high school.
6: Yeah, and I'm glad that we're still talking. I'm glad that you've given us uh, an opportunity to talk about it with the show. And uh, it's great. It's it's awesome. And uh, yeah, I really uh, appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to come back and talk more. It's endless, you know? And uh, we could... We could uh, interview and talk to uh, more people that were involved on the show because it's just me yeah. and Allison. I mean, even yeah. though we were like the head honchos, and we're really, <laughs> you know, we were really the the power uh, for sure. Team. <laughs> uh, At the there end were of day.
3: Yes, we'll, we'll
0: definitely have to do this again and and try to get uh, you know more of the cast involved as well and do an actual reunion. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. guys, thank you so much for the time that you spent with us today, and we'll Absolutely. we'll definitely have to do this again. And get the whole reunion going, um, so we'll, we'll uh, look forward to that. I'm Sounds also right.
1: I'm also inspired by uh, Allison's kids doing the dishes for her. That's, that's awesome. right. Uh, good good parenting move. So okay.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Well, feel i feel mean, good about that. That's what's happening this morning. But I you, know, you know how that goes.
0: <laughs> well, guys, thank again, thank you so thank much. Uh, we'll thank catch up you. soon, guys. You'll have you. a great one thanks for taking Sounds the time great. okay thanks for bye. Having bye. You.
2: bye guys
4: Bye. bye. oh alan <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> good show guys yeah, that's good, fine good interview all right
0: you uh do you want to give your inspiration for the week
4: um my inspiration is was the you know i guess uh Pretty much all of Allen High School, or people who were involved in photojournalism, because obviously we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Um, uh, you know, I came from Kansas City, where we didn't have that um, at the time. We didn't have it. They did have it like shortly after I left, I guess. Uh, but you know, my junior year, I was only there for a half semester um, in Allen, so I didn't really know what Allen TV show was. Maybe until like the end of the school year, maybe. Um, just watching them working on it um, when I was in that one class, which I don't remember what, even what class that was I was in because it wasn't a journalism class. It was something to do with reflection of TV and film or how TV and film influenced society or something like that. It was some kind of class like that. So, I mean, just seeing all that and then definitely knowing immediately that uh, my senior year, I was going to be very much involved in that. Um, and I guess that kind of lost well them for just watching them do that thing and Everybody do their thing that was involved in it, from Jorge to Jared to Allison to, you know, Jim Perrick to everybody who I was watching that half semester of my junior year. Yeah, it's very inspiring. Like I said, we wouldn't we wouldn't have done things that we did if it wasn't for people like that, Uh, and we would be here right now. I love all of you guys
0: so much. much.
1: I feel that you sharing your inspirations on a weekly basis with me has been so productive to my mental and physical health. I hope that you will tune in next week and check the links. And there's um, going to be
0: very soothing, very soothing,
1: soothing sounds as we wrap up the show you all to have a great week and we'll see you next week
0: and, and vote. Vote, uh, vote, vote, vote so you guys can have a say uh, in, in the final uh,
1: stretch of the scene vote for song number one this week okay. are we done is that uh, it that's the done. show
0: that's it man thank you man so much thank you guys bye woo Thank
1: you so much do we need to do anything else
0: uh want to you want to help me break down the
3: last few stuff? does anybody it. want to I talk about it. all
1: the dead animal carcasses uh in orbit around the planet right now
5: This is Randy with Big Salinas Barbecue. Just wanted to tell you we now have a award winning barbecue sauce for sale. We have been cooking up delicious barbecue and sauce since 2014. You can now purchase a bottle at BigSalinasBarbecue.com or visit Chart 380, Joe's Meat Market, Outdoor Grill Sales, Mushak's Meat Market, or the barbecue store to pick up a bottle today. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Big Salinas Barbecue.
1: Hey, it's me again. You know what I love? Pop culture and nonsense. It's so fun. I found a podcast that has pop culture and nonsense. And the podcast is so fun. I love it. And I think you will too, if you like those two things that I have previously mentioned pop culture. And nonsense. The podcast is called Good Vibes and it comes out every Wednesday. I think you will enjoy it most assuredly. It's on the Good Podcast Network, if you know what
0: I'm saying. Every Wednesday, wherever you get
3: your favorite podcast.